welcome to the 333rd episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on April 23rd, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show with me is the man who didn't have anything filled in this morning because I'm a dumbass, Carlos Rodella. Oh, I have something filled in. Maybe you, oh, you don't got have something. something filled in. I didn't have nothing. What did you have? I totally Well, forgot. I was going to talk about 333. That's the episode number. That's crazy. All right. The man who's going to talk about 333, Carlos Rodella. There you go. We did it. Jesus, sorry, man. I told you, I, I totally fucked that up. That's on me, hardcore. It's okay because three 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 is a number. We could talk about that. Uh, crazy. Obviously, it's like three hundred and thirty three episodes, which is nuts. Yeah, man, that's a lot of episodes. But also, is is it lucky? I don't know. Can we call it lucky? Lucky episode three three three. I guess. You know, speaking of numbers, dude, it still blows me away every time I do the intro when I look at the year and I say two thousand twenty three. That seems so <laughs> crazy to me that I'm saying I that number. Know. That seems so weird for you know kids like us who grew up in the the 80s. Two, 2000s was like the future, bro. I, I know you said this before. Flying cars, jetpacks, yeah. space, and stuff. Like the skateboards that are hoverboards, but we hoverboards. Still don't have them. Yeah. yeah, man. Like you know, everybody thought that was what the year 2000 was, and that's 23 years in the rearview mirror, and we still don't have none of that shit. That's funny you bring that up because I was gonna bring about um, our years in gaming. And but but before I do that, to your point, every time you say, "This is Brad Galloway," it's 2023. I also go, "What? That's such a crazy number." Um, And that's how you introduce every episode. This is Brad Galloway, and it's 2023. No, dude, like literally every time I say that, I always do like a quick mental. Wait, is that right? Is it actually 2023? Yeah. (laughs) And it it has been all year, bro. It hasn't changed, and I still am double double guessing myself you know second guessing myself or double checking myself what i'm thinking is because you know i think we might be one of the only podcasts gaming podcasts who have people uh, as hosts who have played games as long as we have i want to say that that's true i mean we all have buddies in the industry that are our age ish yeah i don't know how many of them have a regular podcast um, even Greg and, you know, from kind of funny and a bunch of, and like John Davison doesn't, he just jumps up on IGN every once in a while, but people who were with us, you know, from growing up in the, in the industry, um, I don't know. I just think that we're some of the people who've played the games longest. I mean, we're getting oldest. That's for sure. You know, I was going to say, I don't, <laughs> I don't listen to as many podcasts now as I did pre COVID because back in the pre COVID days, I did a lot of, um, in the field work for my freelance. I was driving all the time. And so I listened to like hella podcasts, right? And so I don't listen to as many now. So there may be somebody out there. I mean, there's probably somebody else out there who's as old as we are, if not older, but I was going to say gamers with jobs, but I think almost all of the original crew is gone. Last time I listened to it, um, and again, I don't listen to it regularly as I used to, but last time I listened, I think it was like all new people, like none of the old crew was there. So maybe they all retired or something. So maybe, maybe we are the oldest people. I mean, there's gotta be somebody older than us though. There must be. Well, there is. Cause there's a million podcasts and there's one created every day. So like, exactly. there's guys like us going like, I've been playing games since they came out too. What's yeah. wrong with those idiots? But, uh, if you are, by the way, our age and played games, as long as we have uh, reach out to us. And if you're older, too, we've got older listeners, too. You know, I know that uh, uh, Food for Dogs is definitely a little older than us. And the Kill Master, our favorite Kill Master, is, is older than us. Kill Master's not older than me. I doubt it. Oh, really? yeah. He, he's in his 70s, dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. He is uh, He is an, an honored citizen, and he is one of our favorite people. 
here at the podcast but if you're an older gamer like let us know too like we want to get everybody we can we can we are the bridge between generations right we bring in the old we bring in the young we bring in the people in the middle it's true we're we're a, a, a safe space for everyone well, I originally came up with that idea, and then we just organically went to it, um, because that means we've played, because I put myself at playing games about 83. Um, that's just my general thing. I was like eight mm-hmm. or nine, I think, was when I was really yeah. into it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, again, the beginning of games, so Atari 2600, going to the arcade, blown away by those graphics. Yeah. And again, those graphics were like Tapper, you know, not much of anything. Oh, sure. Um but then getting the Nintendo and stuff. So I think about 83. So that makes it 40 years. Yeah, 82, 83 for sure. I remember, you know, I remember, like you said, like being a kid and at the time having no... I mean, I remember before Atari came out. Like I remember when Atari was new. Yes, 100%. And so, yeah, 100%, dude. So like we were around before Atari was everything where you have to go to like Chuck E. Cheese because that was the place where it had all the arcade machines. I would like beg my parents to take us to Chuck E. Cheese. And I didn't give a fuck about pizza because the pizza was gross. I wanted to go... And just, you know, have them drop me off at the arcade in the back for like an hour or so. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, dude. So, dude, by the way, uh, they had that stupid ball pit. And I was like, are you kidding me? Do I want to get in a a disease laden, like laden ball pit or play video games? (laughs) I don't think ours even had a ball pit, dude. We just had the arcade in the back, which was walled off from the pizza area. And we did have the robot, um, the Five Nights at Freddy's robots that were off to the side. So we had those. Well, yeah. but uh, yeah, we didn't have the ball pit in for it. You had a better, you had a better Chuck E. Cheese than we did. Wait, I think we did. Here's the thing: we didn't talk about this ever on the show, I don't think. But we had the Beagles. Did you have the Beagles? We did have the Beagles. Yeah, yes. I think everyone had to have the Beagles, which was the Beatles ripoff uh, of Fred- Five Nights at Freddy's kind of robot thing. Yes, exactly. Um, and they did play, I think, just Beatles songs, which is weird um, in the Beagles voice. But um, we had the ball pit. Uh, we had this little thing underneath the main stage, which was Chuck E. Cheese proper mm-hmm. right yeah yep, yep. and the main stage had this little cubby hole thing where you could like as kids crawl under it oh yeah yep, yep oh yep. you had that too we had that too yeah okay yep, it was yep. like a little maze and i was like what the fuck is this all about uh but yeah again i i hated all that stuff i just wanted to play games so anywho let's talk anyway. about games all right uh folks welcome back thank you for being with us here on this lovely for us anyway sunday morning uh let's kick things off with some housekeeping as everyone knows Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. That's right. It's housekeeping. Carlos, what you got on your side this week? Man, plenty of stuff. We have a lot of games to get through, so I'll make it quick. Uh, First, I want to announce that we're going to do a tier list. Uh, But first, I need to explain what a tier list is to Brad. I mean, I know what it is, but you made it sound like it was a thing that was going on right now. Well, it is a huge thing on YouTube, pretty much on YouTube. Uh, It pops up on every social media. But basically... With the visual element, you know, you have a tier list, like mm-hmm. A to F or whatever, and you base or S is the top, actually, S tier. Okay, all right. And then, like, you know, you basically rank different things, and then, you know, you visually put them in a graph. And people just watch that for hours. Like, they love that kind of a co- piece of content. All right. Um, but I just thought it'd be great because as I was going through our shows, as I upload them all the time um, and give them, hand them off to you, the titles that we have are ridiculous. Um, so I thought we could like tier list our titles for our podcast. All right. Are we going to ask people for their favorites by any chance? Um, we could before we do it, but we have to pick. I think that's the whole thing. It's like gotcha. it's the fun of going through it. God, when did we even start doing this? Because we're at three, three, three today, and I know we didn't start like right off the bat. So we, we didn't, didn't. We didn't do it from the beginning. But like, when did we start? Do you know? When I jumped on, I think. As soon did as we I do jumped it then? on. 
I don't know if we did it then. I can't remember, dude. Oh, maybe not. Well, anyways, we'll do that. And I would love to even try to do it live. But if we don't, then we can at least make a video of it or something. So, um, And the video can just be the audio with the tier list, right? It doesn't have to be you on camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, anyway. No one wants to see that. No one wants to see that. Well, I think they would be fine with seeing it. You're just. <laughs> I mean, no one wants to see me is what I mean to say. So <laughs> You don't want to see you, I think is what it is. Yeah, that too, yes. <laughs> um, okay, so that's happening. Um, also, Street Fighter Six demo came out, by the way. Cool. Uh, it's up now. I know both of us don't really care because we're not fighting people. No. But there's an open world to, in it, and it is quite different. I mean, this is this is me with every Street Fighter that comes out. New Street Fighter coming out. Oh, snap. I love Street Fighter back in the day. I should probably play that. I, I haven't played a Street Fighter in a long time. It comes out. I get it. Oh, fuck. I don't know how to play Street Fighter anymore. What's going on? What's all this menu? It looks like a free-to-play game. What's happening? Ah, I'm going to go back and play something else. And then I just stop. Well, every I'm, single time. I'm similar to yours in the fact that like I played it back in the day, too. I go back in, and then I just realized I don't want to play other people. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to have to play a campaign and be over, so... Anywho, but it did look cool because the open world part, you do run around kind of like in a 3D world and meet people and then fight them and stuff. So it looked interesting. Um, Also, I want to mention that I beat Ghostwire Tokyo. All right. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, And it was good because I think I told you this in text, but like it is frustrating that so many games are behind hours and hours and hours of kind of padded gameplay. Yeah, yeah. When, you know, there's a really cool semi-emotional ending to this game okay. that, that I liked and was satisfied that I actually beat it. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of, like, me switching the difficulty level down. <laughs> yeah. Um, weird boss fights that went on too long. Um, you know, extra side missions that I didn't want to do anymore. And so just bullshit was in the way. But I really did like the ending. And so, like, um, I would say people, if you're try- if you're playing that game already – mainline it you know like skip all the extra shit right now and just get to that ending uh and it frustrates me because there's a lot of games out there that people don't finish you know yeah oh dude that's yes most people don't finish most games that is yes that is yeah. the absolute truth yeah. which is weird because you know we always i mean okay so like it depends on what voices you listen to some voices are louder than others and that doesn't mean they represent everybody but you know if you listen to a certain corner of the internet people get pissed off if a game's not 100 hours long but facts people don't finish those games like maybe like one person does but like 90 percent of your audience never finishes so it's like how about we just get over ourselves and demand that you know stop demanding every game be 100 hours 50 hours or whatever and if a game comes out um that's like six hours but it's all jam-packed with content that's great for me unfortunately people are it's only six hours long okay but like you're not gonna finish the motherfucking game if it's longer than that anyway so why don't you just have the six hour game that's a great experience and like go of that whole dollars per hour calculation which is bullshit anyway you know what i'm saying i agree but i also think that that idea is probably in the past now in my opinion, I, we, I we should so. ask. I think I so. Because so. it definitely was around when we grew up in the, again, game journalism era. But, you know, again, there's so many indie games nowadays. People play short experiences. I would like to think that a bunch of people don't need that anymore. So let's I, hope. I hope so. I genuinely hope you're right, dude. I do. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things real quick, and then I'll hand it over to you. Um, right. Star Wars, Star Wars, I can't talk today. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Yeah. Uh, it's the follow-up to that other game. What the fuck was it called? 
Fallen um, Order? Fallen, Fallen Order? Order. Fallen yeah. Order, yes. So we both played it, and I think we both had the same thing of like, why is Dark Souls Souls-like? Oh, a Brad coin term. There you go. Why that's, is... that's actually a dollar you owe me right now. Okay, I'll, I'll give it to you later. Um, <laughs> so to, I'll just call it something else. A Souls-adjacent Souls game. Says, that's fine. I'm not going to charge you. We're friends. It's okay. okay. Let it go. Um, but yeah, the first Star Wars game of that ilk was uh, Souls-like, and we both were like, why? Because, yeah, it didn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah, it's a third-person Star Wars game. Let it just be that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so they did like offer up different elements where you could change some of the difficulty, but those damn enemies still respawn, which is stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and the world design, ugh, that world design was like, oh, I didn't like aping it. Dark Souls so hard, and it, it wasn't doing it right. Yeah, you had to like go back around where you. All those knew fucking enemies slides. Remember the slides? Sliding. Every five feet is a fucking slide, like a one-way slide. Oh, that's right. That whole game was sliding. Yeah, it was like shoots and fucking ladders, dude. Ugh. And then there was those balls. <laughs> Fuck those balls. Those balls were dumb. Fuck those balls. So anyway. hopefully they did better in level design. But I do have this quote from the developers. Okay. Uh, so I thought I'd read it. Um, we're huge Souls fans, and we're obviously inspired by it. But we recognize the Star Wars audience is huge. There are a lot of different types of gamers, and it's like probably the entire spectrum for us. Wait. And it's like probably the entire... I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. In the first game, we built a difficulty system that was very easy to change midstream. I don't know if it's very easy, but I did change it. Um, we added another stage of that in this game to bridge the gap between medium difficulty and very, very easy. So that means that they're still doing Souls-like, I mean, which okay, is stupid. Is there more? Keep on. And no, I, there is a little more to the quote, but I, yeah. didn't, I didn't copy it. Well, but but I, it does mean that they're going to put it on like, you know, somehow easy. I, I don't know about you, dude, um, but, like, I don't think that the difficulty was my big sticking point with the first game. Like we just said, it was the one-way shoots and ladders nonsense. It was the dumb level design that didn't make sense. It was enemies coming back that, why are they coming back? St- Stormtroopers don't do that. That's not a thing that happens in Star Wars. It was, like, bringing in the Souls elements that didn't fit, and it was clear they were Souls fans because they obviously were bringing those elements because they liked them, but it didn't make sense with the game. I mean, that was my problem. I don't think the difficulty was my problem overall and I'm, it's weird to me that they're calling that out specifically because i thought there was a lot of other stuff that was a bigger issue than the difficulty for me anyway yeah i mean that's part of it um and also like like you said it's like level design and it's also in the fact that those enemies come back so dumb it's so dumb so, so anyways dumb. i'm i'm kind of torn on whether i want to check it out because i would put it in very easy mode but i also don't want to have that bullshit so anywho Anyway, uh, one other it? one other gameplay thing I have, which is yep. interesting, is that um, someone I forgot who it was, but has been testing ChatGPT with Skyrim. Okay, um, I found it on TikTok, I think, and it looked like it. Yeah, it was kind of cool that it like worked. Where it's like you're in a bar. I don't think it was Skyrim. It's just like a Skyrim type game. Uh-huh. You're in a bar and you like look at somebody and you know you ask the bartender. Uh, about that like warrior should you join them or whatever and the warrior i mean the bartender just answered in ai like just straight chat gpt talk mm-hmm. and so then it did it for everybody so like basically he just asked the bartender about the people in the bar that's all it did but it was all like you know organic from the ai sure. um, and that was really cool then i saw on tiktok uh, them talking about how no man's sky is going to add ai for the creatures which is crazy because if you think about 80 gazillion planets and then all the creatures have AI. And then secondly, Sims is going to start adding AI at some point to 
the actual now, sense. Now, when you say AI, do you mean like like dialogue responses, or do you mean like what kind of AI do you mean? Like a chat GPT, like a true, as close as we can get to AGI, which means like organically making its own decisions, having options, you know, understanding like model sets and world and, and you know, you feeding it information, but also making its own decisions. Um, you know, we're getting there. It's like, it's real close, uh, this idea of a true AGI, which we can have another tangent on, I know. But I bring it up because, one, I love that shit, you know me. But two, if The Sims made, if The Sims have AI, they essentially later on, they could make their own games. And so then if that is the case, it goes back to the idea of us being a simulation. Because if they're a simulation and they start making their own games in The Sims world, like that's like it's AI all the way down or it's like simulation all the way down. It's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. Oh no, you have a definite idea on this, don't you? I just, I just don't give a shit. Um, I don't think that AI is anything that we really need right now. I, you know, I read the Chat GPT shit, and all I see is problems. I don't see this as a boon in any way. Um, I don't see the benefit of it. So, from an editorial perspective, from a writing perspective, from a creative perspective, and also from the perspective of someone who now has the added headache of making sure that when new writers come to game critics and want to work for me, I need to check to make sure they're not giving me chat GBT bullshit. So for me, I don't give a fuck about this. And I think it's honestly more problematic than it is helpful. And if there's somebody who is going to run a business based on chat GBT nonsense babble, that's something that had more fundamental problems to begin with. Uh, but that's a whole, that's a whole other like nine hour podcast. We it is now, but I'm going to put I, an I asterisk. Just, I, I am not a fan. Okay. Here, here's an asterisk. One, to specifically to the the ChatGPT or the AI type stuff with an RPG, you know, a game in general, I'm so all about because really that's all I wanted to talk about because when I play a game and we'll talk about one later today and those NPCs are written badly, right? I'm not saying replace all jobs because that's, again, the, the tangent conversation. Sure, sure. But fuck me, do I want more organic discussions in my games because – some of the stuff is, can be written beautifully, like a you know narrative adventure that they want you to have. Got it. I'm not going to replace that. But some stuff, which is this mindless killing a bunch of monsters, talking to a million NPCs, they don't understand what the fuck you're doing. You know, it's just garbage. That's why the Skyrim games and you know Bethesda games or whatever have that kind of specialness to them because sometimes they do really work on the immersion of having the characters remember shit. Uh, so, anyways, that's what I—that's what I always want it for. I want the new RPG to have some, you know, better smarts. Um, and then the other asterisk is, you know, I brought up that Sims thing because it is kind of crazy to think that games could be making games at some point. But I mean, we'll um, see. We'll see what happens. But to your point about the writing and like, yeah, the fact that you don't see it as a boon, I think that it doesn't matter what we see. I'm just putting this out there for everybody listening. Because it's it's going to happen. It's like saying you don't like phones or like smartphones. So I can we'll agree and disagree, and I have this discussion later, um, and maybe even a whole podcast about it. But I think that it's just it's here, and so like I don't you, can put, you can't put the genie in the bottle. I mean, you can't, but I mean, yeah. I, there's no value to it. Like, there's no soul. There's no spirit. It's just regurgitating stuff that it like combs. And puts together through whatever algorithm or whatever, but it's like there's there's no point. There, how can a a, a chat GPT obviously like say anything that means anything that it hasn't already read somewhere else? It's not gonna have like an original thought in its head that means anything. It's just like techno babble. Like if somebody gives me a review and it's just like 
the same shit. Like I've already seen a couple of these already where it's like, oh, this game was very innovative because of it. So and so. And it's like, it's just, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's garbage. And if there's somebody that thinks that's a good kind of content, I would challenge that by saying you've got shit content. Then if you're just filling pages because you want like SEO and mm-hmm. you want to have a bunch of clicks and stuff and you just need to have content with a capital C. Sure, it's garbage, but that meant your shit was garbage in the first place. Like it wasn't good writing yes. to begin with, you know. So no. that's where I come in where it's like, you know, I just saw this guy on fucking Twitter yesterday. He's like, I'm, I'm freelancing at 10 places at the same time and I got chat GBT and all I got to do is edit like three words and I'm making 10 times the income. I'm like, OK, number one, you're an idiot. Number two. No, you're not. This is all fucking garbage shit. This is all places where no one's reading the articles anyway. It's like it's total SEO like 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 scam where you're just getting the clicks. Those articles are nothing. They're they're fluff nonsense articles and I don't have time for that. No one has time. Nobody reads that shit. No, and no one reads websites, unfortunately. You know what I mean? Like I mean they read websites for reviews. That's like mainly what we, we use it for in the gaming world. Sure. Like we go for like reviews and previews. But like when it comes to like long articles that you're talking about, like this bullshit content that fills up SEO yeah, websites. It just fills up pages and it's fills garbage. up pages. So yeah, I agree trash. with you totally there, right? Um, but I do think, and I, we're just having a conversation real quick, is that um, <laughs> in games, not the copy that you're talking about, which is, again, filler bullshit. In games, I think it can be really, really helpful. Um, because, again, you can't make everything. And I think AI is when you said like there's no – positives i think there's a ton of positives we can um go into later but in the games world because there's a games podcast i think it can help with the immersion and with the developers not having to write every single damn thing uh, and be able to build these interesting systems but yeah i've heard that discussion and i think there's there's yeah that's a whole other show but i hear what you're saying but uh we'll we'll put a pin in that otherwise we're going to be here for like the next nine hours and we've got like 42 games to get okay through, 42 so. games is true so i'm doing my housekeeping i'm putting all, right. all the boxes away all right uh let's talk about the oh N- nintendo indie world happened did you catch oh, that yeah. this week i didn't catch it because i'm kind of out on nintendo but yeah, tell me yeah, no worries yeah it was just really quick i you know i love the nintendo programs recently because they usually just get in get out there's very little filler um they don't have a lot of speeches to get through like it's just like here's the stuff that you want to see the trailers and a little bit of extra info and then we're out it was like it was like 22 minutes or something mm-hmm. and they got through like 22 games or whatever like i appreciate that shit it is, feels valuable to my time they talked about uh blasphemous 2 which i'm very excited about i really enjoyed the first blasphemous uh they had rift of the necro dancer which was more of a kind of a ddr slash combat sort of game with like way different graphics it looks like a like an all new nothing related to the original crypt of the necro dancer which was a interesting interesting turn for them uh tesla grad 2 which oh, it's i wasn't out now. yeah yeah i was gonna say it, it stealth dropped during the show so you can pick it up now i wasn't a huge fan of the first one i thought it had some cool ideas but i think i like the idea more than actually playing it but watching tesla grad 2 the trailer i was like okay it looks like they've really taken some of the feedback it looks like way peppier and way more exciting i might dip into that one that kind of got me going uh they also mentioned shadows over loathing finally came to the switch which i'm very excited about it's been on pc for a while we talked about it but the switch is where i really wanted to play it so i'm super psyched Mm -hmm. uh it was available i think also during the show as well Uh, so that was a good show good show there's lots of stuff for everybody um there was like 10 farming games i think and whatever so (laughs) there's a there's something for everybody on the switch so whatever um moving on so this is interesting and this actually affects me in a way that i do not like uh, so Twitter and Elon Musk, the biggest fuckhead of the universe, uh, the guy who proves that rich people are not better than everybody else because he's a fucking moron. Um, he got rid of Twitter API, which is like a little behind the scenes. Like we don't need to get into it, but it's like a thing that enables other programs to work with shit that goes on in Twitter. So, for example, the example I'm talking about now, 
there was an API process that goes on for Xbox and technical people. I don't know what I'm talking about. So if you're like, Brett doesn't know what he's talking about. I agree. I don't know what I'm talking about. You don't need to email me and say that's not what an API is. The point is, it's the bridge thing that lets the Xbox uh, X or S or whatever talk to Twitter. So for example, when I'm playing a game on the Xbox, uh, and this is the same for PS5 or Switch or whatever, you play in a game, you take a screenshot, you're like, oh man, dope screenshot. I want to upload this and show my friends on Twitter. The API process is what allows that picture to go from the Xbox to Twitter. Yeah. So um, Elon Musk decided to not make that free anymore. It was free before Musk's time because people at Twitter wanted people to use Twitter. And boy, we sure did. We use it a lot. There's a million different API processes. But instead of going, he went from free to, I guess, $42,000 a month is what he was charging, like base to start with. And it only went up from there. So Xbox is like, yeah, fuck that. No, we're not paying it. Also, fuck you. Um, And so now you cannot upload anything from your Xbox to Twitter, which sucks. Not only because I'd like to share screenshots, but that was like the easiest way for me as an editor to get people to send me their Xbox screenshots for the oh, for the right. website. You yeah. know, I'm just like, oh, yeah, just upload it to Twitter. I'll grab it real quick. No problem. Now we got to fuck around with all these fucking thumb drives and uploading to like whatever and the cloud and shit. It was so easy to do it on Twitter and like fucking Musk fucked it up just like he fucks everything else up. Well, and apparently uh, I've heard I don't know if this is true, but Musk thinks he's going to like sue Microsoft for not paying for the API. Like, whatever, dude. Get the fuck oh, out of here. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, good I job. Gonna, I was going to ask if uh, Sony is still paying. Um, as far as I know, you can still do it on PlayStation and still do it on Nintendo. I don't know how long that's going to last, if they're going to cut it or what, because, you know, not only is it not just a matter of money, I think it's a matter of appearances, and I don't think very many people want to be associated with the Twitter leadership right now. So, I mean, honestly... Even though it fucks me over, good for Microsoft for cutting ties because fuck Elon Musk. Um, but yeah, that really kind of screwed me over. But we'll see what happens. But anyway, that's the thing. If you go to the Twitter page on your Xbox now, fucking blank. It's just a black screen. There's nothing there. So Well, first, I have to say something about that real quick. Yeah, yeah. One, uh, doing anything on social on Xbox has never been easy for me. So I don't know. It's almost like I wasn't really using it. Me, personally. Mm. I was using it a lot. You were using it for also work type stuff. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I actually just used my PS5 to tweet something last night. Mm. uh, So it still works. Dead Island, so it still works there. But yeah, I just feel like... um, um, Yeah, I don't think I care enough about Elon being a dick. I still want to be able to tweet from my consoles. So it sucks. Yeah, I mean, well, this is a whole... The Twitter thing is a whole other nine-hour podcast we're not going to get into, but anyway. AI and Twitter on a two-hour episode or three-hour episode. That's gonna that's a 10-hour episode, dude. Okay. It's like pack sandwiches and shit. Part with you, like a series. Everyone loves binge-watching series. series. series, yes. But wait, by the way, it has nothing to do with games. It's just like the So Video Game series yes. about what we What we think issues. about this stuff, yes. All right, moving on. Uh, Laura Kate Dale, also known as Laura K. Buzz on Twitter. Do you know her? Nope. All right. She is pretty famous in her certain circles. Um, Big disability advocate, also a big trans advocate. She is putting on, uh, she's been talking about for a while, wanting to get her own show going um, alongside like an E3 or a GDC sort of a thing. Um, A smaller scale, of course. Uh, And she's finally got it off the ground, which is very exciting. Um, I was actually talking to her about it. I want to say like before COVID even happened. Like I I feel like the world is like before COVID and after COVID. I feel like we've just like, we're, we're in the new like, um, what is the thing that you do with like AD, like AD and, uh, and oh, BC yeah. or whatever? Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I feel like we're in that new period. Um, anyway, we're in the eight after COVID AC period right now. But anyway, she was trying to get this off the ground. We were talking about it. I was talking to her about it really briefly before uh, because, as people know, I do sign language. That's my, my paying gig. I'm an interpreter for many different things. And uh, we were talking about having me do it for the show back then. But then, you know, COVID and blah, 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 whatever, whatever. 
She finally got off the ground. So it's going to be happening this year for realsies, June 9th, 2023, 4 p.m. UK time, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, the first annual Access Ability Summer Showcase. So what this is, it's going to be live. They're going to be showcasing recently released and upcoming video games made by disabled game developers and featuring accessibility settings, which will make sure that people who are disabled know what to play or what they can play before they buy. So they're going to show the settings, uh, I'm sorry, the accessibility settings offerings. Um, so people will know this game is for me. This game is not for me. They'll have release date reveals, trailers, uh, features, etc., etc. Um, and, uh, she says like the, the overall aim is to make sure that if a game looks exciting to someone, they don't have to worry about getting hyped only to later learn that it doesn't support them as a disabled player. Cool. Um, so I think that's amazing. And I'm happy to say that I will be doing the sign language for that. Nice. So there will be American sign language. It'll also be British sign language, which is 100% different from American sign language. There will be, um, I believe the audio description stuff for people who have visual, uh, disabilities and then, uh, you know, all the subtitles and stuff like that. So it should be fully accessible. And you'll see me doing that show on the ASL channel when that happens. And big ups to Laura Kate Dale for doing that. I think more stuff like this is what we all need. So she's doing she's doing God's work here, people. And it's gonna be a stream, you said. It's like a live. I believe stream. it's gonna be a stream. Yeah. We'll yeah. Be, yep, yep, yep. Cool. Uh, a couple more things. I want to circle back to something we talked about last week. You, we were we were doing the thing that we do where we get to the end of a game, and I'm like, yeah, I didn't like this game, but. People who like to turn left and, and push A like this game or whatever. Like we always oh, do that little, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I thought it'd be worthwhile to circle back for a minute because it was John from Gaming in the Wild that said something on Twitter, wasn't it? Was it he that said? That I think comment? it's the one. Yeah. I yeah. think it was. Yeah. And it got me thinking about it because um, the more I thought about it and why we do that, and after John, um, you know, hey, hello, hello to John from Gaming in the Wild. Go listen to his podcast. Um, I was like, you know, okay, so like what he said kind of crystallized it for me. So let me run this by you and see what you think. So I think that we end up saying, hey, we reviewed this game. I didn't like it. Not for me. But I think people who like so-and-so will probably like it. I don't think it was us hedging our bets, really. But the more we thought about it, I think it was really about, for me anyway, even if there's a game that I don't like, I want to be able to say there's a difference between this is a game that I don't like, although I don't think that it is a bad game in terms of I don't think it's poorly made or I don't think it's shitty. I just don't like it as opposed to this is a really shitty game that has a lot of problems and it's super buggy and I think it's crap. So I think that maybe when I say at the end, I didn't like this game, but I think people who might like fishing um, upside down in space or something would like this game, even though that I don't, is me kind of saying, I think this is a well-made game, but it's not for me, but it's not a bad game. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. So you're on board with that? I'm on board with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. All right. All right. I just I didn't I didn't have that properly crystallized in my head at the moment that you brought it up, but then when John said that thing, it was like, oh, okay, wait, maybe maybe that is why I do that. And I didn't realize that's why I do that. I was kind of just naturally, organically, instinctually doing that. But then now that I picked it apart, I'm like, oh, okay, well, yeah, that makes sense because there's lots of games that I think are well made. I just don't like them. That's not the same as this game is crap, you know, totally two different things. So hopefully people will We'll pick up on that as we do the show. So. Oh, yeah. And by the way, I like the idea that we did it because, again, we are um, we can be very positive, which I like. Oh, yeah. Um, but at the same time, on that specific episode, I was just noticing, like, it, it finally came to my mind, like, oh, wow, we just do this all the time, don't we? Yeah. So that's all. Yeah. All right. Final thing of housekeeping. Superfan Elio Campitelli wrote in with an email, and I, uh, I missed it last week, so I apologize, Elio. We should have uh, talked about this last week, but we'll talk about it now. Um, Elias says, 
Hi guys, the other day I watched this YouTube video talking about difficulty and devs that quote-unquote get good at their games and then don't know how to balance the difficulty of other players, and I immediately thought of Brad, and then I listened to episode 330 in which Brad specifically complained about it, so I had to send it to you. So he sent us in a link um, to a YouTube channel. I sent you the link too, didn't I? I'm pretty sure I did. Yes, maybe? I think I did. I think I sent it to you in text, okay. and I can't remember what it was called. It was called... Oh, man. I can't remember because I'm old and I forget stuff. Anyway, Elio, I did watch. I watched the entire thing. I watched it on the couch with my wife, and I'm I'm like 99.9% .9 sure I sent it to Carlos. What it was was um, Game Maker's Toolkit. That's what it was, Game Maker's Toolkit on YouTube. I've never seen it before, but it was a guy who was an indie developer. He had you know good rapport with his audience. He was putting a game together about like magnets and platforming and something like that. And so in this particular video, he was talking about I made this game and I was going to get ready to go to GDC and I put my uh, my demo together and I, I gave it to my um, playtester and he hated it. And I had like a day to get to GDC or whatever. And he talked about like once he realized why his tester hated it, he kind of unpacked it all and was basically like, yes, I made a whole lot of assumptions about what I was communicating to the player, what I thought was interesting and challenging as opposed to what they thought was interesting and challenging. I made huge assumptions about what I thought was fun as compared to what players actually thought was fun. And when he got his demo um, worked up, went to GDC, made some changes, and then he gave it to people. He took like a lot of notes and he was like, oh, you know, this was really about like me being isolated in my own my own space in my own head and not really realizing what people actually like. Oh, okay. And then, you know, so the kind of thing that we say, like when indie players or indie, indie developers make a game, they know the story in their head. So they don't bother explaining the story. They know all the mechanics in their head. So they don't bother explaining the mechanics and they've played it 10,000 times a day for six months. So they're fucking pros at it. And they don't remember what it's like to be somebody who is not that good at playing the game. So they ramp the difficulty way the fuck up. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was like all those things. And the guy was like owning up to it on YouTube, which I thought was really cool. I, I appreciate that. He, came forward and just said, oh, yeah, I fucked up. And now that I got to see it through other people's eyes, I was, you know, seeing what I was doing wrong. And I'm like, yes, every indie developer needs to do that because I see it happen so many. We both see it happen every fucking week on the show where there's a cool game. But, like, it's just it's fucked up because they haven't gotten enough outside input to it. So that video, Game Maker's Toolkit, um, did it perfectly. And Elio, thanks for sending it in. I thought that was a, like a wonderful encapsulation of what Carlos and I talk about basically every week. So. Every week, yeah. And I just bookmarked it, so I have to watch it still. But yeah, it looks really cool. Game Maker's yeah, yeah, check on it YouTube. Out. By the way, that brings me to one more uh, piece of housekeeping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's like totally attached to what we're talking about. When you talk about developers, you know, playing their game and just being really into something, kind of just to jump back to the Star Wars game that's coming out soon and that developer's comments were like, yeah, we love Souls-like games, you know, but yeah. just because they do um, and they're building something for supposedly everybody, then maybe it doesn't work, you know, maybe you should like yeah. reevaluate that. Yeah. So anyways, a game that did something maybe similar is a game I just quickly previewed uh, for the site called Strayed Lights. Strayed Lights, okay. Yeah, and uh, it looks really cool in videos. It's really interesting looking. Um, the, the character that you are, you're made up of kind of like blue and red lights and you're the, you don't know what you are, kind of this form. And, um, and, you know, in the gameplay videos I've seen, it's like you're fighting monsters, you're dodging and, you know, it just looks really fun. But when I played the game, A, it started off really cool because it's just visually stunning. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And you start as like a, like a organism and then you kind of like grow and you can start to walk and, you know, it's almost like you're fun. evolving. Sounds cool. Yeah, and you're like a little kid kind of version, and then you're an adult kind of version. 
<clears throat> and then you're like learning your moves at the same time. So it's like a tutorial. And I'm like, okay, I'm kind of all in. This is beautiful, like whatever. Then you realize, again, because the developers really like, I, you know, Souls-like games and parrying, which no, is a whole podcast for no. us soon, that the main attacking is parrying. Oh, what? Yeah, so like as you start, it shows you the parry, and I go, okay, cool. I don't give a shit. I'm not going to do this ever again. <laughs> show me the dodge button, yes. and I'm out, right? Yeah. They show me the dodge. The dodge is limited, and you've like got to like earn your dodge or something. What? And on top of that, you have to earn your attack, because you do have an attack that's like, I don't know, right trigger or something, but I couldn't attack all the time. I had to like gain back ability by parrying. Oh, dude, I am out. I know, I'm I, so, I am so out. out. Oh I, and God. I played it, I'm out. Um, and then I just kind of like, you know, then you had to parry different colors. And so it's like blue or red, and if the oh, enemy's red, dude. you have to dude. parry red, then parry blue, then parry red. Uh, okay, so I I guess the only question I can ask, I mean, I'm already out, Ooh, dude. Like, that's I'm a straight light, by the way. The only, <laughs> the only way... I could be more out is if somebody punched you in the nuts if you missed a parry. Like that's the right. I, mean, I am so yeah. far. Out. But my question to you is, I mean, how is the parry window? Is it like one of those like lightning fast things, or is it pretty generous? Lightning fast. Yeah. Oh, dude. That's the that's the nut punch right there. Oh, forget it. I'm out. I couldn't be more out on this. I, I I'm I'm so out. And so, and I, I again, I want to say like we say, um, the positive aspect. It looks beautiful. I'm like, holy crap! I would love to be in this world and learn more about it, but I don't want to. I want to get the fuck out of there. Oh my god, um, dude! Just as a quick word, we say this all the time. I'm going to say it again to everybody listening. Everybody listening, please tell ten friends after you hear this. Please, and then have those friends tell ten more friends. Because I already know what you're going to say. Please, yes, tell 20 let friends. it go with the fucking parrying already. Okay, a very small segment of the population likes that. It's really difficult. If you're going to do it, at least make it generous. Nobody ever makes it generous enough. With the goddamn parrying, all right? Just move the fuck on. Like, yep. just get over it. Podcast name, uh, Enough with the Parrying. Enough with the fucking... P- yes, I will do you it. Don't, don't stop fucking, because you kiss the enough. I'll put it on my And Mike, yeah, Ashix. Anyways, it, uh, we will do another podcast. Now that we're, like, saying we have seven other offshoot podcasts, but one should just be on parrying, because... Oh, my God. That whole world is fucked. Um, it's just going to be me going, fuck you, and then, like, that's the end of it, dude. <laughs> It's a short podcast. Very short podcast. There's straight lights. <laughs> Moving on to real games. Moving on to real games. All right, folks. Thank you for sticking with us this long. Uh, hope you're still strapped in. We are now getting into the main portion of the show where we talk about actual games, although we did talk about games. By the way, straight lights is a real game. I just meant like games that we, we were going to talk about. Sure. I meant like actually like, on yes. the agenda or whatever like that we had planned to talk about. Let's keep it going with you, Carlos. Uh, Final Fantasy One remake didn't they already remake this i i feel like i don't even remember anymore is this old is it new what's it's going new on? so what happened is i just turned my ps5 on and all of a sudden they were like here's all of the final fantasy games up till six i think five or Are six they individual in a bundle or individual what? uh but they're really cheap they were like ten dollars or something or less a i piece? don't know yeah, okay. yeah each right. and if you don't want to play all of them you don't have to um but they, they called it pixel remaster which means that it still looks pixely but it definitely looks like how, you know, we hear all this all the time, how we remembered it. Sure. Because the Nintendo version looks, you know, pretty rough. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, for Final Fantasy One, um, So it's just like a more of a 16-bit feel. And, you know, it looks good. Like, you know, it still uses that kind of like 
uh, was it Mode 7 and stuff like that? Um, oh, yeah. Well, so, I haven't heard that in a while. Mode I 7, know, right? SNES. But then again, Final Fantasy was Nintendo, so it didn't even have that, right? No, not yet. Not at that point. Yeah. So anyways, it's just like that. But then I just thought I'd check it out because um, I never beat a couple of those. And Final Fantasy 16 is coming out very soon. I'm going to play the shit out of that. And so, you know, for history lesson, I played probably and beat four of the Final Fantasies, maybe five. Mm-hmm. But there's, yeah, obviously 16. So um, I just thought I'd go back because I don't know if I beat, I feel like I did beat one, but I don't think I beat two and three and stuff. So anyways, mm-hmm. I went back to just check it out. And I'll say that, yeah, it's like if you've never played a Final Fantasy game, especially if you're a young person, this is the way to do it because there's, you know, it looks pretty good for like a pixely type game and on top of that it has all the things that you would want like a ton of accessibility features and one of the biggest accessibility is um and you could switch between graphics and music and all that kind of stuff at any point but uh like going back to retro style or not but you can just turn off the encounters oh but doesn't that fuck you then because you don't have enough experience no but you turn them on when you want to turn them on Okay. And that's really good. Like, so I leveled up immediately, like super fast. Final Fantasy One is like easy to level up. Mm-hmm. I went grinded for a minute, got to like level seven or eight or something, then turned that fucking thing off because then I could explore and find out where I had to go, gotcha. and not worry about that bullshit. Which I that's remember cool. as a kid, yeah. I always did, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So well, there's yeah, a, you know. yeah, there's a couple options like that that make it I think worth going back to. Well, yeah. I mean, I I don't think I will ever go back to that stuff, but I do. I did play that back in the day, and I remember, you know, like you said, like wanting to explore and getting like just uh, the fucking random encounters all the time, and it would be nice to really turn that off. But you know, I do. I do think there's a big divide between the Final Fantasies that came before one through six, and then seven was where it really got like cinematic and that became the new template for final fantasy so mm-hmm. i mean i mean i guess people who like final fantasy probably already know but you know if you haven't played those older ones before seven they are pretty different and they might be worth getting into if you're a fan of the series so if you've never tried them sounds like this is a good way to try them that's exactly the, that's the tagline if you never tried them this is the best way to try them because it lets you do it how you want to it gives you better graphics if you want them and it just gives you so many accessibility features that i can't go into all of them there's just a ton um, yeah, so it's just fun to have old games like that, that especially that you and I played, um, to see them kind of redone in a, in a really good way. So, right on, right check on. it Excellent. out, check it out. All right, let's stay with you for another second here, Carlos. I was a little bit confused because we just talked about strayed lights, but yeah. now we're talking about stray blade. Now these are not connected in any way, are they? No, they're not. That was a weird little coincidence that it happened is. this week. Two completely different games, but almost, I mean, a pretty close name. So what is what is Stray Blade? Well, what's interesting is there's also a close connection in gameplay. Oh, no. Is it parrying again? Oh, no. Here we go. Oh, no. Parry dose. Fuck. <laughs> and what's funny is I seen the graphics this a while ago. I think I we talked about maybe getting a code. Um, I actually bought it because I was impatient, and that's what happens with me. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. I remember yes, this one. That's now. what yep, this yep, game yep. is. Yep. And uh, it wasn't too expensive, but at the same time, you know, I probably should have spent that money on uh, towards Dead Island. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, so basically, the game looks fun again in 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 gameplay videos. Is this is the third person action sort of third thing, person or action RPG? Uh, RPG. I use that term lightly. It really feels like a Souls like game. Jeez, oh, I know you're a knight. 
um, or a knight S. I don't know. Is it a female version of a knight? A knight S. I, mean, I guess you're still a. I think you're just a knight still. You're still a know. knight. Yeah, a knight. Yeah. I do like the word knight S. No one's ever said that before. <laughs> uh, maybe you um, just coined it. I did. Uh, just like you did. Souls like I did. Knight S. There you go. And no one will ever use my term. <laughs> but anyways, you're a knight and uh, female, male, and um, you know many games, including Dead Island, which we'll get to, are definitely like open about gender now uh-huh. so it's male or female form and then male or female voice oh, like so you can, you can match gen- as you choose you can match as you choose yeah all right, that's good more options is always good yeah and then anyways you're that person and then you go in and um this story is not really important it's more about like you just going to this weird world figuring out what's happening and you know you're fighting months you're fighting bad guys immediately and you realize that you're gonna have to parry it's a Souls-like game because they come back, which is bullshit. Ugh, um, I'm getting tired already, dude. I am already tired, believe me. But it, it looked interesting enough because there were some differences. It felt like, um, I don't know, it just felt like different, almost like cartoony in a way, and not like, you know, dark and despair, dark Souls-like game. It's like um, World of Warcraft almost vibes in a way. Okay, kind of light and bright. Light, and, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I'm sure. trying to think of that other game it reminds me of, but like... It just felt more fun, and there was a good dodge, and I just felt comfortable doing everything I needed to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the pairing window was pretty like nominal, and then certain enemies, here's where we go again, talking about straight lights almost, certain enemies will, you have to parry. You can't mm-hmm. dodge. You can't dodge? You can't? They just like heat seek onto you? Yeah, they, they attack better, because they're if they blink blue, what's with these fucking colors, by the oh, way? Dude, I, oh, dude. It's man. parry, uh, and if they uh. blink red, which, by the way, again, another connection to straight lights, uh, these are just knights, you know, just regular enemies, and they're uh. blinking colors. Fuck colors, fuck parrying. <laughs> fuck colors. Uh, that's my <laughs> other thing, fuck colors and fuck parrying. But like, if they do red, then you can dodge them. And then I was like, okay, fine, I guess. And then I get to the outworld, and now I'm not fighting like other knights. I'm fighting monsters. The monsters change color. Of course they do. Of Of course course they they fucking do. I'm out. So as soon as I saw like a fucking wildebeest or whatever turn red, I was like, (laughs) nah, man. You could stay red over there. I'm going this way. You know, there must have been a game jam or something because I haven't played either of these games you talked about. But I have, you know, as the editor, I get like hella fucking emails every day about new games coming out. And like recently there has been a a spate of like multicolor, like, oh, purple is this color, yellow is this color, like kind of like you're describing, like red being, you know, unblockable and blue being parry or like whatever it is. But, you know, like I'm seeing a lot of those lately and I'm like, dude, I don't think that ever really works. I don't think anybody really likes that. I think, no one likes it. I don't think anybody likes Like Ikaruga is maybe the only time that I think people gave a shit about that. And that was a 2D shoot 'em up from a million years ago i don't think anybody has cared since then maybe any, don't do the color switching thing any indie developer listening who i know they listen to our show just yes. get rid of the color right now if it's and in pairing. the thing no colors no pairing yeah go into the uh, unity project go into the unreal <laughs> engine project remove colors delete okay? hit delete. the delete button it's on page three. it's gonna break all your code by the way if you do that but still but do, do it, it anyway do it anyway do it anyway so i have to back away from this game um I do like the art aesthetic and I like some of the things they're doing. Uh, there was a couple other really unique things. Weirdly enough, they like got the rage blinded me from them. Um, 
<laughs> you're finding pieces and you're like crafting and there's some other things sure, that are kind sure. of interesting, you know? Oh, sure. Um, sure. Oh, you can change your color of any of your armor and any of your weapons at any time. I was like, cool. I like that. Does that change the ability? Like, if, can you make it no. red and blue? To it's make, just oh, cosmetic, no. yeah. Oh, never mind. Uh, so still, fuck colors, I guess. Yeah, fuck colors. All right. Anyway, so I'm backing away from that game. <clears throat> we have 8,000 other games to talk about, so... I'm not going to say check it out to Stray Blade. That's, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah I would. I, I agree. I, I think developers are kind of on this this trend. Man, get off the parrying. Get off the color switching. I don't know. Just move well, on to something else. At this point, is it even a trend anymore? It's like it's been years. I guess. Like, I just, I just seen a lot of them lately. Just a lot of them like in the last yeah. month or two. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Let me talk for a minute about a couple games here. First, Molly Medusa, Queen of Spit. This is a brand new third person uh, platformy adventure game on the Switch. It feels very much like an homage to the N64 days. Um, you know, kind of how things were kind of simple looking, kind of blocky, a little bit janky, but it was kind of like when people were kind of experimenting with third 3D, 3D basically. Not so third, third person. person, like Banjo-Kazooie style kind of Yeah, Banjo-Kazooie style, that kind of a thing. I feel like that's spiritually what they are going for. Um, the story is that you are the assistant... Uh, your name is not Molly. It's something else. I forget what it was. It's like a like a Greek name. Um, you're the assistant to a sculptor, and you want to sculpt, but he's like, nah, you're just a dumb girl. You can't do that. And you're getting all mad. Um, and then you go to this forest. You get your wish granted by a spirit in the forest, and you're like, I want to be... You, you say something that's like a monkey paw thing, right? You're like, oh, I wish I could breathe life into stone the way that my master does, because he's like the world's greatest sculptor or something. And the spirit's like, you got it. And then all of a sudden, you've got like snakes on your head, and everybody you, t- you look at turns into stone, right? Oh, so of like course, whole, yeah, of course. Classic. Um, so cool, kind of a cool concept. And I will say, first off, the best thing about this game is the art is really cute. I think Molly Medusa is adorable. I think she's a great character. I really like wanted to get into this and just like have an adventure with her. I like the way that this game looks, even though I'm not a big fan of N64. I think they aesthetically are onto something correct here. I think that's really good. Um, I will say I did not stick with this game very long and I had a lot of problems with it mechanically. Um, number one, the t- tutorials are terrible, which is a recurring theme lately. I'm finding a lot of games have really bad tutorials. And I just, I really, like, if anybody listening, please pay me. I absolutely will get your tutorial in great shape. You'll have the best fucking tutorial that anybody's ever played. It's true. Trust me. I have played so many bad ones. I know exactly how to make a good one. I, I am for hire. Please. By the way, let me put an asterisk on that because yeah. that asterisk is wrong. A tangent on that. Okay. Because I have been definitely thinking about doing this soon. I now I have made a couple little indie games, but I just feel like people who have been in our position for so long really should probably work on games in some way. I think so. I feel um, like we've got a lot of feedback we could give. Yeah. So not only like for me, I really want to focus on making a game soon, like wholeheartedly. Um, just even in consulting, I feel like you yeah. should do some of that. Agree, dude, because I don't want to do, I don't want to code or anything, but what I, I feel like what my strength is is like someone shows me a game and I can immediately tell you what's wrong with it. Like I can I can pinpoint with laser fucking focus. Like like give me ten minutes with your game, I'll be like this and this and this and this and this, fix these things, and it's better. Yeah. Guaranteed. Guaranteed fucking. You can get so, paid for that. I think you should. That should I be hope a thing. so. Somebody yeah. please pay me for that. Anybody listening, I am for hire, please. Okay. And, and wait, if someone's also listening, I am <laughs> Needing some money to make a game, so I need investment. <laughs> you can hire us both. Yeah, two for one special. Okay, getting back to Molly Medusa tutorial was shit. That was really bad. The biggest problem though is the camera. Holy Jesus on the cross! This camera, it made me 
physically ill, dude. I was so sick. It was jumping around and so jank. Mm. I I just feel like we have solved camera like for a while now. Like like for years, camera has been solved, especially for like a third person um, action platforming game like this. I mean, even when you go back to like Mario or Banjo Kazooie or something, camera worked okay. Like we don't need to like regress from that. And this is, um, man, I tweeted about this earlier uh, before the embargo dropped. And I'm like, listen, if you're an indie developer, and I believe this is like a one or two person team, like a really small team, I get it, okay? If you're struggling with the camera, you can't get Unity to work, or you don't know how to program it or whatever, I get that. We're not all good at things. But for the love of God, get somebody who knows how to fix your camera and please fix it because this game could be a winner. But it's not going to be because of how it's in, the shape it's in, right? But you need to do that little extra work. Yeah. You can't just throw something out there and have it have this nausea, like literally nauseating camera be be your, your final product. No one's going to think any good of your final product. They're going to throw it away and like bail like I did. And you, you threw away, what, one, two years of your life on this thing? That's a shame, dude. Like you got to find somebody to fix your camera for you. Like don't, don't put it out like this. All right. Fix your um, camera, people. It's super jerky and glitchy. I got like literally nauseous. I had to stop playing. Because I was getting sick, and I even emailed PR about it, and they're like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry." Um, there's a few different camera tweaks, but like none of it worked. It just really needs a better camera. Beyond that, um, it needs like more, um, you know, like not pathfinding, uh, signposting. It needs more signposting about what to do, where to go. I got like, this is another one of those things where I feel like the developer knows what they want to do in their head, but they are not communicating it to me as the player, and so I was struggling with like some of the basics of like I don't quite understand what I'm supposed to do or how to do it. And you're not, your game is not speaking to me in the way that it speaks to you. And so I feel like it's a shame. It's a shame because I feel like there is the core of something really good and really cute here. I feel like this could be a winner. This is like, it's got the, the, the hardest thing about this is getting the character that people like that, the character that has that spark, that something. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they got it. I feel like Molly Medusa is really cute and really fun. And I feel like this is a winner, but it also has to play well, or at least decently. And you have to not get sick when you're playing it and you have to be able to know what to do. So there's other aspects that are just kind of being left by the wayside here. And I get it's probably a small team. I get it's probably their first thing, but I just feel bad. I feel bad because I feel like they're so close to having something good and it's just not there. All right. Well, I did like some of the concepts you were talking about. So yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun. Um, so please, I, I, I don't say any of this mean spiritedly. I really want this game to succeed. I would really beg the developer I don't know what you got to do, but like, please fix this game, tweak it a little bit, get some better signposting, fix that camera. I would love to play this again when it was like in better shape. I think this is a potential winner. It's just not there. So anyway, all right. Molly Medusa, Queen of Spit. There is that. Now let me talk about something else here. Cavity Busters. This comes from Jandusoft, who is a publisher. I feel like they're in Spain. I could be totally wrong on that. I apologize if I'm wrong. Cavity Busters. This is, this is like the opposite of Molly Medusa. And it's, I didn't even mean to put these together, but now that I'm looking at them together, I realize that they are mirror images of each other because Cavity Busters is a game that has, um, I don't want to say terrible graphics, very rough graphics, very unappealing graphics. But the person making this game absolutely understands the game they want to make and they do it successfully and well. Mm. So it's like you've got the gameplay nailed down. But man, it is ugly to look at and it's it's painful, but I think it's a very good game. So what it is, it's a top-down roguelike action game real time. Reminds me a little bit of like The Binding of Isaac or something like that, okay. where like you're going yeah. room by room. Um you play some kind of a 
I don't know, like a monster that has teeth on his head. Maybe he's like a little bit of living gums or something. He's walking around in these environments. You can stick to the walls. You can shoot your teeth. You got to like recall your teeth. So it's kind of like a reusable weapon. But you also have a gun that you can use, but that's like on a limit. So you're kind of balancing between the infinite weapon and the limited resource weapon. You get um, upgrades as you go. And some of the upgrades have a positive and a negative. Like you shoot faster, but you lose a little bit of life. Or you gain some life and you shoot a little bit slower. Like little, you know, balancing pluses and minuses. You go through level by level, uh, and this is, again, a roguelike, so, you know, your progression, every run is a little bit different. And the other thing that's really cool about this is they they use meta elements in this um, game that I've actually never seen before, where you can jump your character all the way super high, like, out of the screen. Not only does it, like, let you get out of the way of bullets and stuff, but, like, you can do death from above on people when you come back down out of the screen. And also you can just go to like a completely different part of the level. Like you can leave the room you're in and be like, I don't want to do this room anymore. You fly up and you just like go oh. to a different part of the room. It's wild, dude. It's fucking wild. Um, I think cavity busters has a lot of really fucking cool ideas and I think it's really interesting. I had a pretty good time with it. Um, I think it's a good, uh, a good recommendation for people who want roguelikes or like any binding of Isaac style game. Um, and you want something a little off the beaten path, but I will say, it's really rough on the eyes. I think it's really hard to look at. I don't like the graphical style. I think it just is very crude and, you know, it's probably pretty low budget, probably a pretty small team, but I feel like they've got the gameplay dialed in. Cool ideas. It plays really fun. I like it, but I just really wish it was like more visually polished because it's just, it's kind of a, it, it's not good times to look at. So well, what, can, I, yeah, know, yeah, can I say something to that? Because yeah. like I would take that every day, all day over like the straight lights experience yeah which was yeah. like i was like this is beautiful yeah and then i was like i don't ever want to play it right right no i mean i i agree with you too i mean and in fact that's why i had a much better time with cavity busters than i did with molly medusa which i think is super cute but i hate playing it but cavity busters i really like playing it but it was ugly yeah. and i would i would definitely take fun gameplay and ugly graphics over the opposite every single time so i'm with you 100 percent. yeah absolutely but man cavity busters people if you're listening Please, like, fix those graphics because you fix those graphics. I feel like you got a real winner in your hands here. This is a pretty fun, pretty fun roguelike that I think a lot of people should check out. And they probably won't check out because, number one, it looks ugly. And number two, it looks really generic. Like, when you see it in this store and you see the little tile they put up in the store, you're like, you don't even want to click on it. It looks just like a mess. So it's a shame because I feel like there's some good stuff here. So please spend a little bit more time and effort on the graphics. And I think you got a, a real humdinger here. Okay, hold on. I want to say something. One, yeah. the only reason I never picked Cavity Busters is because the minute I saw it show up in the store, I th- was reminded immediately of my old cavities. Um, <laughs> of actual cavities. Of actual cavities. <laughs> and I don't want any game that has teeth in it. Uh, I don't want to be a teeth game. I don't want to think about cavities or the word cavity. I've already said it too many times right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My whole life has had travels in the past. I've worked my really hard to make, make my mouth better and basically repair it all. So that's the number one reason I would never play this game. Um, but also looking at the art for me, just to kind of be the other side of the coin. Sure, sure, sure. I don't think it looks ugly at all. And if anything, like you said, Binding of Isaac is a perfect example. Yeah. Uh, I forgot what that guy's name is, but the guy who did um, uh, Meat. What's Meat it Boy or whatever. Meat Boy and whatever. You know, yeah. He, Edward. Yeah, Edward. He, he, you know, some people just have a certain style. And so I feel like sure, sure. that's exactly what they were going for. I don't think they're going to change it. So I'll just put that out there. Oh, I don't think they will either. I yeah. wish they would. I don't think they will. Yeah. But I, for me, I personally think it's kind of cool looking. I don't mind that part of it. I just don't want the teeth. 
Well, it's nothing but tea, so maybe I stay don't away, want tea. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that was my thing. I I didn't like the way it looked, um, but other than that, uh, I think it's a great great core idea. A lot of cool things going on. So I think Cavity Busters definitely recommend for roguelike fans for sure. And uh, okay. Molly Medusa, I wish they would fix the camera. I would be glad to come back to it. So all right, over to you, sir, for secret RPG. As Carlos does, he usually brings at least one secret game to the show. I have literally no idea what this game is what is the secret uh, secret game this week secret rpg what is it and i don't know why i make it a secret for you but sometimes i don't want to like you to know what i'm going to talk about <laughs> specifically not even the audience but i'm like yeah I don't just me th- personally yeah because you're always like what do you got for the show that's how you text but sure i like to be in I that do, voice i do text in that voice yeah, I don't know yeah. how i do that but i do i don't know how you do either i'm like how does he have audio on this but he's like what do you got for the show and i go um i have a bunch of games but one i'm not going to tell you about and the one I'm not telling you about, but I'm telling you now, is called yeah. Labyrinth of Zangetsu. Oh, okay. I've heard of this one. Oh, sure. you know of it. I know of it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't played it, but I know of it. Okay. Well, I had such a good time with that last uh, dungeon crawler. Do you remember? Um, I do not. Which one was it? It's a library of something. I forgot the name of it too I now. I don't know. That, Anyways, was, that was a million years ago, dude. I can't remember. It was, but I was like, oh yeah, dungeon crawlers. And you were telling me how your wife like likes them and stuff like Etrian that. Etrian Odyssey. She's the biggest yeah. Etrian Odyssey fan in the world. Yes. And so once I went back to them, I think that there's a place that, you know, it's an, an itch that gets scratched for those games. Oh, sure. You got to be, if you're in the right mood, those games are perfect. Man. Yeah. And the other games don't do it. You know, even like a traditional like action RPG or turn-based RPG, it's different. This is still turn-based and it's an RPG in that way. But it's like about a mystery. It's about going slow. It's about resource management. It's a different type of game, you know? So when this one showed up and the art style, speaking of art style, just look at some pictures of it real quick. Oh, it's beautiful, yeah. It's beautiful. It's so cool. It's got this kind of, I don't want to say Dark Souls, but like people were talking about it being, you know, kind of oppressive graphics, like dark black and whites. Yeah. Um, Some red. I I think there's like red blood. I can't remember now, but it's got a black and white feel to it. It's got um, this idea that the world, and this is like feudal Japan, I believe. The yeah, the Edo period. That theme, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But like in that alternate reality, there's this black ink that's taken over, and it's evil for some reason. And that ink, it like taken took took over areas, and then it created monsters. And so it's this kind of really dark, oppressive landscape that you find yourself in. And you've got to make, you know, four or six characters. It's six, actually, um, to go on this adventure. You know, your wizards, your warriors, that kind of thing. And it's, again, first-person, turn-based, slow dungeon crawler game. Yeah, so really um, similar to Etrian Odyssey, right? Yeah, like yeah the same totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the art is just so cool-looking. And as you do these different quests, you get this really interesting lore that's, like, fed to you, which is, you know, unique, very, very unique. I mean, the idea of this dark ink is unique. Um, and then the way they do things where you can search everywhere. I don't know how many denture crawlers let you do that, but like every square that you walk on, you can just search, hmm, okay. which I think is interesting. And um, yeah, I just, the combat was fun. It didn't feel like I was just going to eat shit all the time, you know, like some dungeon crawlers make you just go back and get good. I felt like I, you know, did the research management the right way and I survived the tutorial. Um, yeah, I think that tutorial was pretty good is the idea of like, go to this landscape, use your heroes you created and just, you know, survive and get out the other end. And I did fight a boss at the end and beat it. So yeah. And then you go into different dungeons or different like areas and everything's a dungeon, but it, was this a demo like, or full game? This is the full game. I'm playing full the game. full okay. game. Yeah. Okay. 
it was like one of those late evenings where Carl's is like hungry for a game and just decides to um, <laughs> spend it. What I do is my bad decisions is so not like what other people's bad decisions are. It's like late night. They've been drinking, you know, they do something they regret. I mean, my, buying a game is better than texting your ex. So. Yeah, my my regretful evening of like late night, oh, Carl's going to make a bad decision, is buying a game. <laughs> which is which is way less harmful and damaging than other things you could do. Right, it's just financially damaging sometimes. Uh, but this one was pretty cheap. It was like 25 bucks or something. Okay. Anyways, I think it's worth it. Like, I, I don't like, I'm not in love with it, but it does that thing. It scratches that itch. It gives me that different feeling that other games don't give me, which is like, yeah, the art style, the lore, the way that it's played. I can't put my finger on it. You know, those kind of games where it's like, I can't tell you that this is the thing that's like sure. this knockout star of it. Mm-hmm. It's just all the things come together, and it's just a good, unique dungeon crawler. Okay. It's been a while since we've had one of these, I feel like. Yeah, and I just I feel like it does everything kind of right. Also, like a lot of games, and even the the last game I'll talk about, um, has very big like you know you can be any character, any name, any portrait. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, there's nothing mm-hmm. like assigned to like female right. warrior or whatever. It's just like what use whatever portrait you want, whatever name you want, whatever you know gender. It's just like these are your six people, uh, and they have pre made people as well. But I made all six new ones, of course. Gotcha. Um, I just really like it. It's just really relaxing, and I don't feel like I'm, I'm eating shit. Um, I feel like if I'm smart about it, I'll do well. And I like the uniqueness of the black ink and really cool custom art style. Oh, right on. Yeah, it does seem pretty cool. I'm not in the mood for that right now, and you got to be in the mood for this kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. I did, I did kind of bookmark it. I, I have my eye on it, and I think I may... Um, suggest it to the wife because she really digs those when she's in the mood for them. So yeah, this does look like a cool one for sure. Yeah, when you're in the mood for it, that's it's just artistically, it's just beautiful and it does everything right, I think. So yeah. yeah. Right on. Labyrinth of Zangetsu. You playing this on what, PS5? I am. I think it might be a PS4 game, but on my PS5, yeah. All right, fair enough. It's on Switch too, I believe. Might be a good place to play it. If oh, you that want. might be a good place to play it. Yeah. Just bring yeah. it with you a little bit here and there. So all right, cool. Um, let's see. Let me talk about The Wreck. This is um, an indie game that just came out recently, and I believe the developers were responsible for another game that was pretty well-received critically. I want to say it was called Bury Me, My Love. I think it was about um, people who were trying to cross a border or something like that. I didn't play that one, but I heard about it, and I know of it. Um, I know it was pretty pretty well-liked, and this is their, I think, second game, pretty small studio. Uh, this game is a narrative heavy, emotional kind of memories kind of game. I feel like I'm playing a lot of memory games lately and I, I think maybe I'm kind of done with it. Uh, oh, basically, yeah. basically you play a woman who gets a call and it turns out, this is not a spoiler. I mean, this is all like in the first like five minutes of the game. Uh, it turns out that your mom is a very famous artist, like, like world renowned artist, uh, but you don't have a good relationship with her. Uh, she has had some issues and she puts you down as the end of life decision maker, but didn't tell you. So you show up to the hospital and they're like, yeah, you need to start making some decisions for your mom. And you're like, what the fuck? I didn't agree to this. We didn't talk about it. And now mom is in trouble and now I'm here and I got to decide. And so what happens is as you're, as you're thinking about this, you get into a car crash 
and you time stops and everything like in the in the environment of your car crash like like shit goes sideways because you're crashing so there's like your lipstick is flying through the air your uh your hat's flying through the air your pencil like what like whatever shit you have in the car is flying through the air and you can like look at these different things and they trigger memories and so what ends up happening is you kind of are reliving your memories as you're in this middle of the car crash and what it boils down to is kind of like looking around your environments for things that are like kind of twinkling and then you click on that thing and it, it brings up a word and then that triggers like a memory and mm. you kind of like relive the memory and then you kind of go back to the car crash as you kind of think about like what's going on in your life and how you got here and how you related to your mom and stuff. Um, so it seems like a cool idea and I just, I mean, so that's that's what the game is about and if that appeals to you, go for it because this is one of the situations where I feel like this is a very well-made game but it is not connecting with me personally. Um, I, I've played a lot of these style of games lately over the last, like maybe three months. I've played a bunch of them and they're starting to all bleed together for me. They're kind of being, being really similar to each other. And I just, I'm kind of over games where you're just like reading a bunch of stuff and clicking on a memory and reading a bunch more stuff. Like it's not interactive enough for me. I don't feel as though I'm in this role. Um, it just, it just didn't click for me. Just did not click for me. I think I'm kind of just like not in the space for this kind of game right now. Dude, um, which is fine, which is fine. What? I'm I'm with you on that. And the fact that like, I feel like this has vibes of Life is Strange or something. And in my, I mean, just art style and you yeah, know, yeah. Yeah, you similar, similar. Hearing yeah. narrative and stuff like that. But at the same time, I think why Life is Strange and a couple of those other ones worked for me, because I did feel like I was making choices that made a difference. Yeah. You know, and also I think in that game, you're walking around three third person. Yeah, you are. Yeah. yeah. So like there's some agency there, but yeah. I'm with you. Like I can't right now, at least maybe I'll, maybe I'll be in a mood later, but I can't play a game like this that you're talking about because yeah. like, well, a, by the way, not just to make it a, make it real, but also make it um, a reason why I won't play this is I had to make a end of life decision for my dad only three years ago. Um, oh, wow. And I also didn't know that I had to do it. Oh no. Yeah. So that's why when you told me that idea, I didn't oh, get in a car Sorry, wreck. Man. I had no idea. I didn't oh, it's okay. It's okay. That for you. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a car wreck and have a fantastical thing happen to me where I relived my memories, but it fucking sucked. And so, for people who had that experience, some people like can heal through it by playing a game. So I don't want to say it's not for you, but for me, right. it's like the opposite thing. I'd want to go back through again. Sure, sure. Because people yeah. who go through that, it's like already fucked. So um, again, if it helps you get through it, or maybe the person who made the game. That's why they made it, right? Yeah. To have yeah, yeah. them process it. So I can't yeah. say it's wrong, but for sure. me, I'm like backing through the bush uh, yeah. as Homer Simpson. Yeah. Yeah. And just to be clear, like I feel like this is a well-made game, but it is it is one of those kind of games. I mean, I talked to people who have played this, and a couple of them said like they were crying, like they felt like it really spoke to them, and they really had a strong connection to it. Which is totally, I get it, man. Like I get it for sure. Um, I this is a well-made game, but for me. I didn't feel like I had enough agency and I, I, and honestly I've played a lot of these recently and I just don't want to play anymore. This type of game. It's just, yeah, the appeal has worn off for me. And so I think I'm just not in the right frame of mind for it. Um, but if, if any of this sounds good to you, I do think this is a good experience. If you, if you, if you're the market for it, I am not, so it didn't click, but, but there you go. The wreck is, is a thing you can play. And I think that probably will probably connect with a lot of people who are not me out there. So, yeah. Um, the other one I want to talk about real quickly is forest cathedral. This came out uh, a couple of weeks ago. I'm just now getting to it. Um, this is a very unusual, unusual one. It is kind of like a combination of walk around um, first person narrative, fictional narrative, but it's also a 2D platformer puzzler. 
And those two things don't seem to go together. And honestly, I don't think they do go together. <laughs> but it's a very interesting um, game because it's actually based on real life events, which I had no idea about. Um, I, this is based on a woman, real woman, who is now dead, named Rachel Carson. She was a real life scientist who was the person who basically pulled the lid off of DDT. Um, and for if you don't know what DDT is, I mean, old people like me and Carlos probably know. Uh, but DDT was an insecticide that came out uh, a million years ago. And people were like, oh, my God, it's amazing. It kills like mosquitoes and it's going to stop malaria and it's going to it's going to free the world from mosquito diseases. And we don't have to get bitten anymore and fuck all those mosquitoes and great. And it was wonderful, except it had like hella fucking side effects. It was really toxic and poisonous. It poisoned the water. It poisoned the air. It poisoned animals. It poisoned people. So we didn't catch on to that right away. But Rachel Carson was a scientist who suspected this and she wrote a book uh, an actual like a whole book about what ddt was about she was the person who helped get environmental protections and legislation off the ground and a lot of the um epa stuff that we have uh, protecting us today is directly related to rachel carson's work so she is a very instrumental person which i'm ashamed to say i had never heard of her before i didn't know about this i didn't learn about this in school mm. uh but i learned about it here so this game is kind of an edutainment game although this is a fictionalized accounting i mean it's obviously fictional you end up playing a young Rachel who goes off to an island and you're talking to the guy who invented DDT, which is not really what happened at all. Like this is, again, fiction, but the the bones of this are real. Like Rachel Carson, a real person. DDT is a real thing. Poisoning the world was a real thing and her discovering it was a real thing. So it ends up being kind of a really interesting two hour edutainment experience where half the game is walking around as Rachel in first person, kind of looking at the the trees and the water and you're seeing that fish are dying and you're trying to put things together and you're talking to the guy who invented DDT and he's like, it's fine. And you're like, no man, it's not fine. I'm going back and forth. But then the platforming part comes in when you have to go do certain things. Like for example, I need to sample a fish to test for DDT. Okay. How do you do that? You go into like a little 2d platforming world where there's a small man who jumps on these weird platforms. It is the most bizarre thing. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, so like you need to open a lock and how you do that is you play a little 2D section with a little guy and you're platforming on spikes and you need at one point you need to check an eagle, eagle's nest for eggs to check to see if DDT has weakened the shell of the egg, which is actually a real thing that happens. It, it fucks up bird eggs. And so you need to get the egg. You need to play a platforming game to get the egg out of the thing. It's strange. I don't know why they did it. It's really weird. Um, I will say that the platforming part is not great. Um, it's not the worst I've ever played. But there's definitely parts of it which really suck because I don't think the controls are where they need to be. And there are parts that I think are really more frustrating than they need to be. Uh, to be fair, the developer clearly realized this because you can turn off a lot of that stuff in the menu. You can turn off um, the gravity so that you can float. You can turn off the spikes so that you don't get one hit killed. You can turn off a couple more things to make it so you basically just breeze your way through the platforming and keep going with the story. Um, I didn't do that until the very end. And I believe it was the very last puzzle where I was like, this is making me really angry and I'm going to destroy something if I don't turn this stuff off. So I turned it off, got through it, finished the game. Um, I'm not going to say it's a wonderful play experience, but I feel like it was a great learning experience. I feel like I'm really grateful for learning about Rachel Carson. I ended up Googling and I talked to my kid about it afterwards. We had a big discussion I feel like um, I'm, I'm glad that I know this now and I'm glad that this person took the time to make this game and educate me about this. Um, not the base, not the greatest game. It's not really a lot of fun to play, but I do feel like it was fun to learn about, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So the Forest Cathedral, very strange experience, but I'm really grateful for the experience. Um, do not think I'll ever play it again, though. 
Yeah, that sounds like an education game, basically. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, we yeah. used to have them back in the day, and they were bad, bad, right? Like, there was no, like, um, fun gameplay at all or first person or anything. You know what I mean, it was just like yeah, your yeah. ABCs, <clears throat> and it was, like, colorful and terrible. If so. I had played this, like, in, in, in grade school instead of math muncher that's or, what i'm saying you yeah. know whatever yeah that's this would be fucking killer like i feel like kids should play this in school this should be required play so they, I, th- yeah. I mean they will be like that's yeah i think games I so. is going to be part so. of the no- no- normal thing if it isn't already you know in the yeah, so. colleges and stuff so weird experience but ultimately a good positive experience for forester theater i'm glad i played it so cool all right. Over to you, man, for this is, you know, like we say in the beginning, you know, new, old, anything in between. Minecraft Legends, this has been out for a while. What made you pick Minecraft Legends up? Oh, you're wrong. Either you're wrong or I'm wrong. It's not, it's the one that just came out. So it hasn't oh, been. Oh, is out. this the new one? I thought it was yeah. the other one. What's the other Minecraft one? Minecraft Dungeons. Is the oh, I'm sorry. I got my wires crossed. My yeah. bad. Minecraft Legends is the new one. So what, I, I guess I don't even know what it is then. Then you don't. Yeah, new I don't. ones. It's not, a, it's not an old one or any in between, it's a new one. Uh, so it just came out on Game Pass like oh, a okay, week my ago. Bad, my bad. It's okay. I've been waiting for it because it's a really interesting idea. Um, and yeah, I think that most people are uh, of the same mind as me is that they did what they set out to do <laughs> and it's kind of fun, but it's nothing like for me to write home about. Uh, I'm playing it free because it's on Game Pass right now. You can if you have that. Minecraft Legends is um, top pseudo top-down third-person what is that? Again, isometric. That's isometric, it. maybe? Yeah. Isometric. Uh, pixely, blocky Minecraft world-looking graphics, yet somehow up-resed. Okay. And it just like is one of the, 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 um, the standout things for the game. It's just fucking beautiful. Like, it looks like Minecraft. It looks like if you were looking down you know, at an angle at Minecraft world without it being just straight blocks, you know, and mm-hmm. having some sort yeah. of shading and yeah. stuff and beautiful lighting. That's what it should look like. Like, it looks better than Minecraft Dungeons, in a way. Okay. Uh, because it's, like, stylized. Um, I, I don't want to say cel-shaded, but it's got that feel. So, anyways, it's beautiful to look at. And what is the game? The game is two things. There's multiplayer component, which I will never play. But the campaign essentially is, and what the game is, is a real-time strategy game um, where you are on a horse or you have a later, you can get another mount. But essentially, you have a little Minecraft character you make. Um, you go on a horse. You control uh, units, right? So like little golems and stuff. And then you tell them where to go and what to do and fight. But you can also attack with your sword, you know, and kill monsters. So basically, you're trying to stop the piglet invasion because, you know, that's a thing. <laughs> And so the whole game is about f- stopping them. That they're the main enemy, and the creepers and all the people that you normally fight, like the skeletons. Yeah, they're all on your side because they're like, "Fuck these pigs." So you, at, at some point, like get to you know create those little bases for them. And so yeah, you're like defending bases, you're attacking bases, and it's just done so well with the controller. Like as you know, real time is just difficult to do anyhow. Real-time strategy can be really hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, and both you and I generally don't like it, I don't think. Um, no, not a fan. Not a fan either. But if it's done kind of in a, what's the word, accessible way, Yeah, I, they just they just knocked it out of the park. I mean, it's so easy to get. You make these little bases. You can spawn enemies from them. You quickly hit, like, the X button, you know, and then all of a sudden they all follow you. Um, in general, they'll just do the right thing all the time anyhow, but you can command them. And it's just fun. It's like relaxing fun. There's a huge overworld. You go do 
you know, taking out piglets. Um, you're defending things. You're helping other villagers. Uh, you get some upgrades, I guess. I, I didn't play it super long, but I played a few hours, and I just had fun the whole time. So, again, nothing to write home about for me, but I think they did what they wanted to do, which is, like, they made real-time strategy accessible um, to people who like, A, Minecraft, and B, who had never played one, probably. Let me ask you some questions, then, because... Well, that was a I, good summation, by the way. I'm just going to give a myself a pat summation. on the good back. Good job. Yeah, absolutely. I'll pat you, too. There you go. <laughs> Double pat on the back. Thanks. Um, so, I guess I don't generally like real-time strategy for a few reasons, but every once in a while, one will pop up where I'm like, okay, this is actually pretty fun, but, like, it takes a very specific set of circumstances for me personally to have fun. Um, so one thing that I always find is really frustrating is um, grouping. Like they always want you to like group something. Like there's always like, here's a circle tool and you click this thing and like select all these enemies. Like I always find it really cumbersome to like try to direct troops. Like if somebody can figure out a good way to direct troops or if there's just not that many troops to direct, I feel like that works really well. So like, how, how is it here? Are you like, are you doing that big circle tool around a whole army kind of thing? Or like how, how is that working? Yeah. They limit how many people you can control, which is good and bad. Cause sometimes you want more people, you know, cause mm -hmm. you're like losing a war or something. But, um, so you can only, you can only spawn so many and you can only control so many. So in general, that circle that you're talking about encompasses most of them, right? Or like mm -hmm. all of them. Mm -hmm. So you're never feeling like you have to go get too many of them. And then in general, they do, like I said, they do what they're supposed to do most of the time. I have focused them. So like you can select all of them X real quick and then just go like, I forgot what it is, analog trigger or something, right? And go, go attack that thing. Mm -hmm. I did that like, most missions a few times, maybe four times, because I was like, they're big bases that I want them to hit because they can take down a whole, you know, a whole tower or something. So I would make them go do that kind of thing. But like fighting other monsters near me, I didn't really like give them too many commands. Okay, because I hate the micromanaging because I find it's really difficult, right? Like I'm sure right. like PC players, that's, a, that's like a whole thing on PC, right? But like when you're doing that on console, it's like, I think clicking on a hotspot, like everybody attack this or everybody attack this, that works pretty well. But like the whole of like, okay, the blue team go attack this thing. And then the red team go attack this thing. And the yellow team hang back and defend and trying to do all that stuff like um, on a console with a controller is like really never works. So that, it sounds like you're not doing that. To right? be fair, they showed me that in a tutorial recently. Mm -hmm. So that they are probably going to want me to do that later. I don't know if they're going to force me to do that. Mm -hmm. But right now I can separate out the archers and tell them to go this way, and the melee guys go this way. But I never did. Like, okay. I could do that, but I didn't. Now, I'm not far in the game. Sure, so maybe it's required Yeah, near on, the maybe. end, piglet invasion, final you know thing, big tower, you've got to do it or something. But well, hopefully, they don't rely on that too much, because I like not having to do it. Right. I mean, I was going to say the closest analog for me is like something like a Pikmin, where you're usually with your whole army and then like with just a button or two, you can call out yellow dudes or red dudes. Yeah. That's what and I then felt. They kind of, yeah. They kind of do that thing, which is, that's about as complicated as I want it to get. So you're about in that ballpark. You we'll think? see. I mean, that's exactly what I experienced so far. Like that's okay. why I liked it. You know, if, if they make me separate shit out later, it's going to suck. Um, by the way, the other thing that's really cool is every time you hit X, it's like, you're like saying, Hey everybody come over here, you know? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But if you're running through the overworld and you find like just a random dog, or goat or something, you can also have that and they'll follow you. Like you oh, just hit right. X and they're like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll go with you to this war that we're doing, I guess. It's a party. Let's do it. Yeah. The other thing that I hate about real-time strategy games, the thing that I hate so much is like, 
usually um, in the bad ones that I don't like, where you're, you're on a big map and you can only see like an eighth of the map at one time on your screen, but there's shit happening in other parts of the map. And so you've got to look at the mini map like, oh no, there's some uh, combat happening in the upper northwest corner, but I'm in the southeast corner. And then you got to scroll over there. No. And by the time you realize and get over there, shit's already gone down. Like you've lost all your troops because you were looking at the wrong corner of the map. Like, is that shit going down no, here? No, or no? no, That's again, okay. that's like, we're talking like Warcraft, old school yeah, PC oh, stuff. Yeah, I hate that, hate that stuff. Yeah. No, this is like you're looking down and you can zoom in and out, right, of the screen. Mm-hmm. You're seeing everything on screen. Like okay. there's nothing... Okay. Yeah, if anything, all the all the bases are pretty small too. Again, so not a giant map to, to manage. So far, I keep saying this with an asterisk of so far, but so far, and I don't think they want to do that. That's not what this game seems like it's setting itself up to be. Um, I'm running around one base that was pretty huge near the end, but yeah, it just felt like I wasn't missing any big action. Okay, okay. So those are my two big like red flags, right? Like micromanaging and giant maps. Those are the things that kind of kill. Um, real-time strategy games for me because of course the computer can think better than you and they can act faster than you because they can take it all in and do it all at once. I mean, that's what computers are good at. So for me, I mean, I feel like unless you have trained yourself in that genre, I feel like it's a really tough genre to get in. Yeah. Um, And very few of them I feel like are approachable, but this one sounds like it is kind of approachable. This is approachable. That's why they built it. You know what I mean? Like, and they know their base, like it's Minecraft, right? There's so many people they want to get in here. And I'll say this last thing about it to kind of um, further that point is they want you to beat this campaign so that you can play multiplayer. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like mul- yeah. Minecraft, it's multiplayer. Like that's what the right. fuck Minecraft right, right. is. And so I think it would be very interesting to see if that market grows of the idea of like you build your base and bring your friends in and go attack other people's bases. Like that's what they want people to do. So I think they're, you know, they're trying to make it as accessible as possible so that you go do that. Oh, interesting. Do you think that there's a mode in here that is similar to what we talked about last week in meet your maker where you're supposed to construct a base and raid other people's bases. Oh, is that'd that be part cool of if there was, I should go, but now I should go look, you actually made me want to play it more if there is that. But I don't think so though. I think oh, okay, okay. in my opinion, which is just bullshit because I have no idea, but I think it's um, a, a true multiplayer. They want you to like fight other people gotcha. like in real time. Right. Gotcha. Like, gotcha. Um, but what you said is more interesting to me, but I don't think that's in this game. Okay. All right. All right. Any last thoughts on Minecraft Legends? No, I think people are liking Minecraft and uh, used, to, you know, new to real time strategy. That's it's perfect for them. Okay. All right. That's cool. All right. I, I might check it out then because when when one of those is done well, I can get down. But uh, it's got to be done well. It seems like maybe it's this done one's well. the right. It's done yeah, well. Okay. Yeah. All right. Excellent. All right. Let me talk for a minute here about something I'm actually very excited about, and we've talked about this before. Graveyard Keeper. I brought this up on the show maybe at least once or twice before. Have you ever played Graveyard Keeper? Carlos? Yes, I have. We've talked about it on this show. Yeah, we, we have talked about. We it. talked about. I think DLC even. We did, did talk about DLC. Yeah. Yes, we did. We, yeah. So as as will be familiar to longtime listeners, I love Graveyard Keeper. I think yes, it's a great like game. It, it is like Stardew Valley, but with corpses and with black magic and with nihilistic um, Eastern European worldview. Uh, it just it it takes all the boxes for me. I think it's really great. And the reason I'm bringing it up now is they have finally finished it they have released the final dlc there will be no more dlc there will be no more work on this game uh and it has had ultimately i want to say like five maybe four or five dlcs and each one has been pretty significant they've added a lot of stuff to the game a lot of extra adventures a lot of twists and turns like this is like the base game of graveyard keeper Uh, for people who don't know top down 2d pixel art um, kind of a farming slash graveyard maintenance slash RPG 
Um, just think Stardew Valley, but darker and with zombies is basically what you're, you're shooting for. Um, that base game was already real chunky. Like there was a lot of stuff going on in that base game. Uh, and to be fair, like full disclosure, I've actually never played it. I have started this game, I think three separate times. I think I've put in like a, like 20 or 30 hours each time and then end up getting distracted because it's such a long game that I do something else. But I keep coming back to this game and that almost never happens, dude. Like this is this is like one of those white whales for me where it's like I will I will one day finish this game because I yeah. like it so much. Um, and I think that maybe now is the time because now with the last journey edition, it's got all the DLC all wrapped up. They've done all the bug fixes. They've done all the balancing. They've got all the content in here, all the extra modes, everything you could want. And man, this is a fat fucking chunky ass package, dude. I mean, if you want something to sink your teeth into, that's going to take you a long time. You want to get into the nitty gritty. You want to set up your farm. You want to set up your mortuary. You want to set up zombies that do the farming for you. You want to set up like your quests. You want to do some fishing, all that shit. This game has got like all this stuff. And I just, I fucking love it, dude. I really, really love this game a lot. So I just want to give people a heads up. Graveyard Keeper, the last journey edition has it all. This is your one-stop shop. If you've been looking at this game, if you've been thinking about it, if you remember me talking about it, this one is like an all-timer for me. And I feel like now that it's complete, I can really pull out all the stops. I'm going to lean into it real hard. I'm going to play it. And I will roll credits on this motherfucker. Nice. Finally. I will. Yeah. I will. Yeah. So I, I might up. jump back too. It is good stuff. It is good yeah. stuff. So there you go. Good stuff. Absolutely recommend here. And one more game for me to talk about. Coffee Talk 2, Butterfly and Hibiscus. Uh, this uh, just came out, I want to say, a couple days ago. Embargo just dropped. Uh, this is a 2D visual novel narrative experience where you, the player, play a barista who you never see. You're like you're seeing through the eyes of the barista. So like a first person experience, I guess, in that way. Uh, you're running this shop called Coffee Talk. It's in a fictional urban fantasy version of Seattle. So the Space Needle is in uh, the backdrop of every scene, as, as it always is with Seattle. As it is in the real life, yeah. As it is in real life. You can see the Space Needle and no matter where you look. But um, this is a world where there are like elves and orcs and mermaids and ghosts and stuff. So it's Seattle plus urban fantasy. Um, and so remind you managed, me, you played the yeah. first one, right? I did. Played the yeah, first yeah. one. I loved the first one. Yeah. thought it was great. Uh, really liked it a lot. Um, and so people will come into your shop. There's like a cop that comes in. There's like a guy who's like a satyr who's got goat legs and horns. There's like a mermaid. There's like an orc who's like a game developer. Um, all sorts of stuff. And they come in. They talk to you about the problems. They're like, hey, you know, I'm having an issue with my girlfriend. Or I got mad at my other my work buddy and like you know whatever it's kind of bullshit. It's almost like it's almost like a like a like a bar almost where people talk to the bartender. They kind of unload their problems and you kind of listen to them, hear them out, and you kind of just chat them, chat them up, give them suggestions. You know. Wait, but that's funny because that's what I do every day to, at Starbucks. Is like I talk to my baristas and they're like, okay, here's more information that Carl's is going to give us. Oh well, there you go. So you're living real life coffee I'm, talk I'm in real life, life Seattle. Talk, yeah. Except Although, you're the person that comes in. I'm the person that comes in, and I also not like there's no fantastical elements yet. Yet that we know of. Yeah, that we know of. So um, I so I love this game. Just full disclosure, I love this game. Um, this is a perfect game for me because uh, the game is broken up into days, and each day is just like maybe ten minutes or something, or you know, ish, whatever. And so I get into bed, snuggle up, I open up the coffee talk to. 
I, I see the people come in and it feels honestly like I'm seeing old friends again because I remember a lot of these from the first game. And you're like, oh, yeah, the cop, dude, I remember you. What's up with you? What's what you've been doing? How's your daughter been doing? And then I see like the game developer who is an orc and she's uh, dating the mermaid girl. I'm like, oh, my God, I remember you guys. What's up with you? What you've been doing? And you kind of catch up with them. And it just feels like some, I'm coming back to like an old place that I used to hang out because I really enjoyed the first coffee talk quite a bit. Mm. Um, so seeing the familiar faces is great. It's got the same great writing. Um, the gameplay aspect is not only are you making some choices, but you make drinks, right? That's actually part of the thing. So somebody come in, they'd be like, oh, hey, I'm really feeling down today and I would really like something warm and spicy. Can you make me something warm and spicy? And so then you think about, like you, you go to like a different menu. There's like milk and juice and tea and you know, matcha, whatever. You got a bunch of like jars on a shelf and you pick whatever you want and you can make like uh, all sorts of different drinks. And so you hopefully make something they like. If you make something they like, then it, 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 it tilts the story. They're like, oh, I feel better. And therefore, this other thing happens in the story. And if you make a bad drink, then they're like, oh, I feel worse. And now this other different branch happens. So that's kind of how you navigate a lot of your branches. Um, and I think the drink interface is great. I will say, okay, so there, I have a couple problems with this game, but I want to just really be really clear. I think this is really fun. It's really cool. I think graphics are amazing. I love the graphics. Full of personality, full of expressive um, sprite work. I think it's really great. Kind of reminds me of some... Um, Phoenix Wright Capcom kind of stuff, which I think is great mm. stuff to compare it to. So if it's got that same kind of feel to it. Very, very good. I like it. Good stuff. Like the story. Like it all. Uh, so here's the problems with the game that I don't like. Number one, you are a barista. You were a barista in the first game. You are still a barista. It is your full-time job. So I really do not like starting the game off not knowing any recipes. I feel like that is bullshit. Um, so like somebody will come in and say, oh, I want I want to have, uh, I don't know, like like spicy something. And so you go to your drink menu and you got to just make it up as you go along. Now, that wouldn't be a problem except with the save system, which I think is my other problem. So unless I'm doing something wrong, uh, what I can tell is every time I save the game, if you save the game, it takes you to the beginning of the day, which means if you make somebody's drink wrong and they're like, oh, this is gross. I feel bad now. You're like, oh, wait, you can't just like save and reload a save and make the drink again. You got to go back to the beginning of the entire day, which means like listening to all the dialogue again, making oh, the same choices again. Yeah, that's crappy. So I think they kind of want to like make it kind of more of a high stakes experience where you got to get the drink right. And OK, so maybe I'm, and again, full disclosure, this is my impression of it. Maybe I'm getting the save wrong, but every time I've tried to reload a save, it puts me back to the beginning of the day. So I feel like that must be what it is. I don't like that at all. I don't like that at all because number one, I'm either going to do the save fast forward through all the dialogue and just try the drink again but that sucks number two i've heard that there's a mode where you can randomly mix drinks and just unlock the recipes but i think that's probably a post-game thing i don't have that option yet so i want to just like run through all the drinks and make all the drinks so they know what i'm making so i don't make mistakes and number three it just makes me go to an faq because i don't want to do the day over i don't want to make a mistake yeah and i feel like if i'm a barista i would know these drinks um you know they make some bullshit excuse the beginning it's like oh I saved all my recipes in my phone and I just got a new phone. Who dis? And I don't, I lost my recipes. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Not if you're no. working there. No, That's, no, yeah, no, no, exactly. So that is the thing that sucks. And I, I can see why they did it because they're like, oh, they feel like you got to, you know, you got to have some gameplay. You got to figure out the drinks. That sucks though. It really sucks. And I just feel like all I'm doing is I went to an FAQ, pulled up the drink menu and I just consult that. So it, it kind of like defeats the purpose of it anyway. So just give me the, just give me the menu because I own the shop. I am the barista. I would know how to make these drinks. It doesn't make any sense that I don't make the drinks. So that sucks. Other than that, I think the scheme is great. Um, they can fix the save, save system too. I think the save system sucks. But overall, overall, great art, great story, great characters. 
great ambiance. I'm having a really great time coming back to this. It feels like a really warm, comfortable place to come back to. Um, I just really, really enjoy it a lot. And you probably will get more out of it if you play the first one. So maybe play the first one first. Not necessary, but you'll get definitely benefit. And they're both pretty short experiences. So overall, definite thumbs up. I like Coffee Talk too. Hibiscus and Butterfly. Good stuff. Overall, still check it out. Definitely still check it out. For sure. All right. For sure, check it out. And now, to close out the show, the biggest game of the show, which you went ahead and bought because the publishers did not grace us with a free review code, which I'm still salty about, yep. Dead Island 2. Dead Island 2 is our big, uh, well, one of the bigger games uh, to come out recently. I think so. I think they want you to think it is. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a it's a AAA game. It's a lot of money. That's one thing. Was it a full 60? It was a 60, yeah. And there's like, of course, a million of versions that are more. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm not going to pay for all those digital things you think are worth something. By the way, that's a tangent for us. $90 versions of games or $100 versions of games just for digital items? No. Nah. The answer is no. Nah. Just it takes it. a lot for me to go pony up anything more than that. I mean, what, what was the what was the extras? Like extra outfit look. or something? Some I didn't, bonus even weapon. didn't even look. Yeah. No, if you say the word digital after your extra charge, I'm not looking. Yeah. It can't be anything that I want. They're, they're fleecing, yeah. It's never anything that's good. It's never no. anything that's really worth it. And by the way, we'll get to it in a minute, but like upgrading your character is something you do in the game. You know what I mean? Like uh, this whole pay to win cosmetic. I don't know. I just don't want yeah. it. So um, Dead Island 2, before I get into the review of it, um, Dead Island 1, we both played and we both enjoyed. Loved it. Loved it. Yep. Loved it. I don't remember it fully. There's going to be some things I want to talk about in this game that I was wondering if there is in the first game, um, like the way that it played and the RPG elements. I remember it fondly because I, again, kind of went in that game with zero expectation. Uh-huh. Uh, I just wanted to have a fun zombie at time, and I did. But there was kind of like RPG light elements and like oh, yeah. that you upgrade yourself, you upgraded weapons. But similar to that game and this game, uh, which is a zombie game, first-person zombie game, if you haven't seen the marketing materials come up, uh, is that you the weapons are durable. They have durability, right? So they yeah, can break. that was in the first game. For yeah, sure. and so that's back, right? So that's the main thing is you're mainly first-person zombie game with melee. Uh, weirdly enough, there's guns in the in the world. Okay. And I just am doing a mission right now to, to go retrieve a bunch of guns. Mm-hmm. But you know them. They'll do something like, oh, they all burned up in a fire or whatever yeah but like you haven't been able to use guns they'd be really interesting if all of a sudden like the second half or the the back half of the game you could but for now i think i think this is a melee game they were in dead island one i mean it was definitely a melee game but there definitely were guns you could use like especially like in the dlc they really leaned into guns i don't remember that Yeah. yeah yeah it wasn't the focus but they were there for sure so they might be in here you know but for now and i played a lot of the game it's you know, I like the melee. Like that's what's fun, and they did they did it again. Now there's a different developer. Remember, totally it, different team. Change yeah. hands. Many this is like times. the third team down the line, dude. They keep yeah. switching teams and shit. Yeah. Um. It, it, so in general, a couple. I'll do. I'll do pros and cons. How about that? Because this Let's is such a it. massive Let's game. Sure. So the pros are it looks beautiful. It's fucking just gorgeous. Like fucking gorgeous. Another pro, uh, which I texted you immediately is that there's no fucking options for turning performance and quality. Right, which it sucks. It just so, yeah, runs. You glad know? that it runs, yes. It's so That's one of my favorite things of the game. It's like, do you want HDR on or off? And I have HDR, so I said, yes, on. That's it. That's all I chose. chose. That's it. it. Love it. And it didn't drop too many frames. You know what I mean? Like okay. it, was, it, was, it felt like it was 60. It felt like it was 50. I don't know. It felt like it was good enough. 
and I wasn't like nitpicking it, right? If it dropped some frames, it dropped them, but in general, it was smooth as shit. And it looked good, so that's not cool. Uh, you start this game on an airplane, um, trying to you know escape the idea of, of zombies. They're all around, obviously. But what was so cool, and you would like, because when we always talk about tutorial and intros, this has such a good and super inclusive intro. And the fact that there's this airplane taking off and all these people are trying to get on the airplane and all the different people that you see and they kind of focus on, graphically, by the way, beautiful as well, are all different walks of life. Like okay. you have like this older woman who's like, you know, smoking cigar. You have like this dude with dreads. You know, the guy who I picked actually is like a rapper, like a faux rapper guy who's Hispanic uh, and tons of tattoos. All these different people are, you know, clambering to get on the plane. Then it kind of pauses the cutscene, and this really beautiful, again, stunning way, it lets you uh, move the camera around and pick who you want to start as because you could pick one person. Now, you're not uh-huh. making an RPG character. You're picking one of these, you know, characters. But they are all so many different walks of life. You could pick who you really feel like you want to be. You know what I mean? All right. And I just thought that was, like, done super well. It, it remind- and do they all have, like, a backstory and stuff? Or yeah. is it just, like, a character template? No, they feel like, I mean, you, you kind of learn about it. You know, like, you're you're seeing, like, the rapper. You're seeing the the woman who, you know, is running for the airport. You're seeing, getting the vibe of them. Okay, so they feel like 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 somewhat, like, penciled-in characters then. Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, penciled or flushed out? Which one? Like, oh, I mean, I mean, there's something there. Like, they, there's you, something you feel like there. there's a little bit of backstory. To 100%, them. They feel like, yeah, not just a blank, blank slate character. Uh, uh, jumping ahead, as my character, who's a, like half Hispanic rapper dude, when he was talking to a woman in a in a mission, she was uh, speaking Spanish, and he jumped into Spanish for a second. Oh, okay. So I'm wondering if other characters did that or it was just mine, you know? Okay, interesting, interesting. So that was interesting. But I just thought there was a very inclusive on who you could be. And then the other thing that a lot of games are doing, and this game did too, everybody refers to you as they. So, oh, okay, interesting. You know what I mean? Like there's no, you know, pigeonholing who you are. They didn't have to record the dialogue twice. And they didn't have to do that either, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although I sometimes I don't know if it fits fully. Like, you know, it, it didn't bother me ever. Sure. But definitely everybody in, in the whole game has only talked to me as they, you know. Well, I think that's interesting. Like when you go um, respective of people's genders and you go more inclusive, it's actually a cost savings because you only have to record the dialogue nice. once. That's the main reason they did it. <laughs> main no. reason to be inclusive, go for it. But I, I just I bring that up because the intro just feels like they really understand that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like so many different types of characters you can be. So I'm the guy who I want to be. The, the tutorial's great. You're escaping the airplane. Obviously, newsflash, the airplane didn't make it. It crashed. Um, it's again, I think, in the intro. But then you, you're escaping the plane. You're finding these people who are um, celebrities, which I'll get to later in the review. And you kind of like, you save them or something, and then you, you learn how to fight. You fight monsters, and then you go to meet them later. So this game takes place in these little biomes, kind of in a way. Like, um, biomes, probably the wrong word, but you have like these little areas. So, like, you're in Bel Air. You're in the Hollywood Hills, right? And the map. Where do you is crash? Just, is this like where? Where do you? Where's the plane coming? L.A. Like L.A. L.A. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. L.A. Okay. So you know, and it's a great intro scene where you see like L.A. on fire, you know, which is kind of the truth, anyhow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you know, what, as you start the game, which I thought you know the intro is really well done, is you go to these different little sections. So I'm going to the Bel Air. I'm going to the Hollywood Hills, and in each section there's a little map, and you could basically like go to different homes. 
And so that's this game, right? So Dead Island is always about like finding a bunch of resources, crafting, yeah, yeah, fighting zombies, and then going through the story. And that's what this game is. But I just bring up the, in the pros because I think the intro is done so well. And the very first section, uh, it's just done like you're not overwhelmed by this huge map. You're like, here's a little section I'm going to play around in. You know, I'll go into like four new houses and the main house is the campaign, right? So it just feels like accessible too, right? You don't feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, combat's great. Here's another pro. Uh, they showed this off, but like the durability or destructibility of zombies is like untouched. I've never seen like when you hit things, it truly breaks apart. Oh, you mean like you can chop into chunks, you mean? Yeah, like you chopped off the leg, it goes flying. Oh, okay. So you like know, where you hit them actually actually matters? It matters. It also, like, even if you're just hitting the body, if you hit it three times in the same place, the ribs are exposed. I mean, it is the most, like, terraformed, deformed, whatever it's called, um, of, like, an enemy I've ever seen. Okay. okay. I think ever. I think ever in any game ever. Really? I can, yeah, right. I can say that. Because I mean, we've both been playing games for 40 years. Like you break apart a skull, not that you want to see all this, but like the you know the teeth and the jawbones there, and you see every individual tooth. Like it's crazy. So that's kind of a pro. Uh, it's super gross, but it's a pro. Okay. The other pro is, um, uh, well, I guess it's a pro, but like your abilities in this game are cards, which you know can be take it or leave it. But there, you basically find these new cards and they're your new skills. I guess I bring that up because one of the cards you can get is dodge and the dodge is done very well. Um, it's a super fast, quick dodge. I feel like it was in dead alive or dead alive, which is a good movie. Dead Island. One. A very good life. Yeah. A good movie. Yeah. I believe there was a dodge. Yeah. Yeah. And it's done well. So I, I like that. And there's this ability when you dodge, if you dodge an enemy and at the right time, not like a parry, but there's timing to it. It'll confuse them so that you can just go up and like quick kill them, you know? Hmm. Okay. Anyway, so I like I think that the cards are done well. I think the destructibility is done well. Like I said, the intro is well. The graphics are awesome, and the and the um, the frame rate's good. These are all positives. And the other positive I got to say is that they really are playing around with the idea of celebrity in this game. Okay, because you're rescuing a celebrity, but she still thinks she's important. And you're like, lady, you're not anymore. Like the world's over, right? Like celebrity's dead. But they still operate on the idea that they are special. Sure. Later on, you meet a girl who's on the rooftop, like trying to make viral videos, and <laughs> sure. you're you have to help her, of course, as a mission, and like kick off these zombies off the roof or something. And she just cares about content, and she's like, "We're gonna be like super famous because we're the only ones getting these shots," you know. And it's just again speaking to like that doesn't matter anymore, right? But right. it does to her. Right. And then another scene, real quick, is like there's these trailers and you, there's some really cool things with movies. They, they, like they go into like, you're in LA. So you're seeing movie sets and TV sets and stuff. And as you go through them, you see all like kind of remnants of what happened. Mm -hmm. And there's this one where like someone's obviously super famous. The star of the movie was the trailer and there's just vomit everywhere and blood and all of their awards are like splattered. Gross. You know, but the idea is that, just one quick frame, which I tweeted, it's like you can see like, oh, they're saying like this doesn't matter, in my opinion. Exactly. So, so like, some some commentary going on. I think the commentary is there. Yeah, it's pretty okay. it's pretty apparent. So yeah. I like that. Here's the butts. There's fucking okay. butts. I thought I was just going to love this game. <laughs> Bring on the butts, Carlos. Dude, there's a lot of butts. If you like butts, right. then and you can't If you like butts, this is your show. 
Dude, there's some <laughs> there's some real fucking problems, Brad. There's some okay, real fucking I, I problems. I have questions, but hit me with the butts first. Okay. Or by the way, there's the upgrade bench from the first game where you, you know, repair sure, shit. Sure, sure. You still need um, money to upgrade shit, which is dumb. You need a little bit of money. I feel like they're better with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a lot of batteries and fuses in this game, which sucks balls. Meaning like every door has a fuse that's missing. Oh, and you got to go find the fuse. So you're constantly looking for little items all the time? Yeah, and I won't say every door. There's ton- You can go lots of places, but like main areas that you have to get to, you're yeah. like, fuck. And the guy even compl- complains about it. You know, like the main character's like, seriously, another battery? And you're like, if your character's talking about it. Oh, dude. Don't do that. If you know? you're going to make fun of it, then don't do it. You can't do it and then make fun of it because it just means that you're doing the thing you're making fun of. That's they stupid. know. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. So I'm so over that. I mean, cannot be over it more. Um, what was that? Uh, picking fuses things up. In the switch fuses. Yeah, at some point you actually, actually pick up some of these batteries and you can't bring them everywhere. So you have to like throw them and then go pick them up again. What? What are you talking about? That happened that happened recently where I was in a gutter somewhere and like I could crouch, but then when I jumped up, I couldn't hold the battery anymore. So I had to like throw it and then go get it again. Is it like a car battery? Like, yeah, it's what like is... a car battery. Yeah, oh, it's like okay. these big batteries. Bullshit. Whatever. That's dumb. That's dumb. Bullshit. Uh, we're not getting to there's much worse things. Certain enemies have armor and you get it right it's sure. armored enemy they're always always got to hit the enemies. legs and then you hit the legs and they fall down and you get them that's cool sure certain enemies are immune to weapons what so i have a flame knife that is my main right i built this thing from blood sweat and tears it's got fire it burns things it's a knife i like it right i hit certain enemies with it it gives me a little message that says immune you totally can't be immune, immune. like you're not even totally immune, immune. I what go, if you, what? What? You can't be immune to the blade with the blood and the fire. And then another one has like chemical weapon, you know? And I could hit it with that. Or one one time I had all these upgraded weapons that did like 150 damage and they all did chemicals and fire. Uh-huh. The only thing he wasn't immune to was a regular sword. So if you have, okay, so let me make sure I get this straight. So like you're saying there's like elemental affinities or whatever. Yes, there's And if you've got a flame sword and you you get a zombie who's immune to fire, which number one, that's dumb. Dumb as shit. So you're not even doing like the regular base sword damage. It just negates the whole thing. It negated, if anything, it made it like 0.05% damage, right? So basically just negates it. Basically negates it. You have to like switch through. So what? You got to carry like a poison sword and a flame sword and an ice sword and a regular sword. I have all of them and you're going to pick up a million weapons. So they give you a million but the point is i don't care that's bullshit yeah it's a fucking zombie game okay so that's really bad okay really bad okay um are we getting to the biggest one i think we are oh there's oh there's a lot of keys too uh like chests and doors and things that like um safes and stuff Mm -hmm. and you can't find the the key in the area that bullshit we've Uh, like got to go to a whole other house or some bullshit to find the key to come yeah. back, and I'm like, I'm not coming back. Like at this point, I'm not coming back to any side thing. Like because when I lock the doors in my house, I often put the key in my neighbor's. House. I that's often where I, do that. That's myself. where I put it. Yes, I yeah. do too. Because you'll never find it there. No, no, no. I put it in an alternate car somewhere. I just like open the window and throw it in. <laughs> just throw it. Because that's where they are, by the way. Sometimes. Um, so fuck that. And here's the biggest problem. And I could talk about this for a while, but I, oh, I mean, Lord. I mean, it? I'm close to deleting this game. Oh, shit. Really? That bad? That bad. Okay. All right. So level the the Dead Island original game also had this, and I had to look it up. And I have a little bit of a notes here from the internet. Okay. But Dead Island and Dead Island 2 
have enemy level scaling. Oh, yeah, yeah, We yeah. probably forgot, because I think in one, um, I don't know. For some reason, it didn't seem to be a problem. I still felt strong. I felt like when I was upgrading my character, I did upgrade. Yeah, I don't, rec- I don't recall that as being a problem, but it's been a while. It might be rose-tinted glasses, because it's so fucking fucked in this game, dude. So there's two problems. One, there is level scaling. So anytime you level up to eight or nine or whatever you're going, I'm at 10 now. Oh, the enemies do it with you. Maybe one less. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. they're one less than you. But in general, I, I'm not stronger. Because an enemy, a zombie, a regular ass zombie, and me being level 10, hits me three times, I'm dead. Like, it doesn't matter that I'm strong. So if you're level one, you get hit three times, you're dead. If you're level 10, you get hit three times, you're yeah, dead. Yeah, 100% the same thing. Oh, man. I haven't found any armor, by the way, either. I'm just a regular ass dude. Uh, which would be nice. Um, they have armor, but you know I don't. And then you mix in the idea of immunity and yeah, armor. That sounds Here, irritating. Wait, wait. We're, it's going to get much worse. Then for some reason, and again, this might have been in the first one too, there are certain zombies that have the skull all over their head. Wait, I was so mad I said that wrong. Was, it has a skull over their head. Yes. Which means, oh, those enemies are stronger because... And this is how I think of it, developers. I talk in this voice because it's so fucking dumb. Oh, that that zombie looks exactly the same as the other zombie. It's like a mailman zombie, but it's got a skull over its head, so it's stronger. And you can't even attack it because one hits you. Oh. Is he like super leveled up or something? Yeah, for some reason. Oh, man. (laughs) I I can't lose talking like that. Why the fuck does it have to be a thing? And on top of that, there's other enemies that are just called crushers, and they're just like you know super tall zombies that are sure. super strong. Sure. They're like mini bosses, and they're just roaming everywhere. And if they, if you're trying to fuck with one of them, it's like a battle, and they could just be placed randomly. Like I was just picking up a battery to mm-hmm. put in a door, and there was yeah. a crusher there, and I was like, well, this is going to make a 20 minute thing now, where oh, like you know gotcha. what I mean, like a, a yeah. fight yeah. where I was just wanting to do a mission. I'm getting heated, and. I just want to do a mission and put your fucking battery in a fucking door, which I don't even want to do. And you put a crusher there. So now I got to fight him and do dodging and, you know, be smart about it. Yeah. Um, but the, the skull enemies are fucking working my last nerve because there's no reason for them. They're the same fucking zombie. It's, they shouldn't be like, again, souls like or something like, yeah. but that's um, the dude that got his PhD or whatever. He's like extra tough. He like, he works out. He, he didn't skip leg day. And therefore, he is the extra strong zombie, even though he looks the same as the other zombies. I'm not laughing. Oh, I'm man. not laughing at it. This, this. Be- because, yes, he does look the same. And he's also a mailman. So just make him the same. He's the male supervisor. I don't know. Fuck that. Okay. So I looked up online on Steam, oh, the original Dead Island, and they they said it exactly like I'm saying it. They're like, if I... Well, I won't even read the specific examples. But they said, like, if I'm level... 40 and all the level enemies of zombies are level 40 why am i level 40 what is the point of it yeah 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 so i am so close to deleting like they did so many things right the environments are so fun to look at like the world they built is so cool you know what i mean like inclusive interesting the talk on celebrity this is like my game to get lost in and i'm fucking ready to delete it Oh man! Well, yeah, okay. So, 
Take, I had take me back of, from the edge. Okay. I had. I'm going to pull you back from the edge. I had a couple questions, but man, you were talking in the beginning of this segment, and I was like, oh, okay, so this sounds kind of fun. Maybe I'll get it. But boy, you cooled me off real quick, and now I am, I am scratching this one off my list. I'm going to just be like, nah, I don't need to bother with it now. But I guess okay. So a couple <laughs> things. Um, I'll start with the small things first. One thing that I heard people complaining about, I mean, I heard a little bit of what you said echoed from other people. I didn't do a lot of reading up, but I, I did catch that part. One thing that people said they were really irritated by was like, it's not as open as you think. They were saying that sometimes you'll get to a point that you have to like defend. You're often like stuck in a place where you have to be somewhere and you can't leave if things get too hot. You got to like stick it out and just fight. And they were like, that doesn't really make sense because it's supposed to be kind of an open world. Did you hit many of those areas where you're like trapped in or you're stuck at a place you got to defend for a while? I don't want to call that person out, but that is such a classic example of um, people who play games for a very short period of time and then comment on them. Okay. Because that happens in the beginning of the game. Uh It's a fucking narrative device. You have to be stuck in your house and go defend the zombies it's uh-huh. a it's a one moment thing. I played this game for. Like, oh, really? It just happens the one time. Well, and that's it, it might happen later, but the point is, it's not a thing to call out in a review. It's not a regular problem. Yeah, I just get frustrated with that kind of stuff because it happened in one other game we were talking about. But like, I played the game for ten hours or something now already. Maybe uh-huh. Uh-huh. it happened in the beginning. So it so hasn't like happened once in again. ten hours so far. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, so that, it's that like doesn't... I don't okay. know. Okay, that sounds like bullshit. Okay, that's so not. Thank real. you for clarifying yeah. that. Um, the other thing that some people were talking about. Um, they were saying there's very little accessibility in this game. And I'm talking about like for deaf and hard of hearing players, for low sight players, for for players who might have some motor difficulties, that kind of accessibility. I'm hearing from I don't have a lot of details because I didn't look deep into it, but a lot of people are very unhappy with it. Uh, the word on the street is there's basically no accessibility in this game. Do you know if that's true? Did you notice any of I that? I didn't go through all the full menus. Okay. okay. Um, it's funny because there are very accessible in the characters. You know what I mean? In terms of representation. Representation, yeah. 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 Okay, so that's something to think about. Uh, that's that's what I'm hearing also. And my, my big question was, you've already answered this, but I'll ask it anyway for the sake of the podcast, was, okay, so like I haven't played a big zombie game this year. I'll probably, I will probably play Resident Evil for the remake. It was Resident Evil, yeah, Resident Evil 4, the remake. Yeah. Um, I haven't gotten to that yet. That's kind of its own thing. That's like a Resident Evil thing. I don't necessarily think of that as straight up a zombie game. It's more of a Resident Evil game. But I was, you know, I haven't got around to Dying Light 2. I have it. I bought it. But I haven't played it yet. And I was going to wait to Dead Island 2. And I was going to be like, well, if I could only play one, oh. I'm guessing you're going to say Dying Light 2 by by a mile. By right? a mile. That's the easiest okay. answer in the world. And okay. like we said, Dead Island guys worked on that. And Gales. They did. Yeah. The original Dead Island guys yes. are doing Dying Light 2. So um, Dying Light, again, Dying Light 2, which I beat by the way. Remember? I beat that. Yeah, fight. yeah, yeah. Um, and if they if they have any DLC, I might delete Dead Island Two and go back and play uh, any DLC I haven't played for uh, uh, no Dying Light Two. Any, I don't know. I don't know if there's any. There DLC. might be. Anyways, that game is leveling and just leveling. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there yeah. were harder enemies. There were other zombies that were different. There weren't ones with skulls, by the way. There were like just the ones you saw visually that were looked stronger. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you were good enough level. You could beat those fuckers. Um, and they're, they're, I think the trickiness with Dying Light 2, just to go to that, is they had shriekers and stuff. And so like yeah. in the nighttime, it was it was a little tricky to fight all of them. You, you were running away sometimes. But again, that was a, a device. It wasn't like this one where it's like, it's all open, but certain ones are just leveled and you can't beat them, you know? Gotcha. I, mean, I gotcha. hate that you can't beat them. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that is Ugh. that is really stupid, dude. That is really stupid. I don't so, see okay. a point in it. But I also want to say this too. Um, uh, again, there's so many things they did right, but um, 
I'm ready to delete it because of that uh, level scaling. What was I going to say? Um, I did have a hard crash that I've never experienced in my life, probably on my PS5, maybe once other time ever. But I picked up, they made me pick up another fucking like doohickey. Like, uh, hey, this thing doesn't have a wheel valve, you know? Yeah, of course. So I went into these gutters. I found the wheel valve. And he, he again, the character goes, oh, look, a wheel valve. Like he was joking it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, don't do that then. Just don't give me the wheel valve. It's and funny how often those bitches fall off, dude. You know, you'd think they would put ugh, like something on there to fasten them They on. don't stay on at all. According to video games, those things fall off like like no All the time. And all according, the time. Or according to video games, everybody loses their keys. There's no fuses on anything. Yes, um, yes, yes. Anyway, so I pick up the uh, valve, walk over, go to the area to put it on, and I don't, the valve's not in my hand anymore. It's just gone. And I was like, what? Oh, what? What? And I, did I drop it? So I try to go to turn around and go back to drop, pick it up. My controller's frozen. I was like, oh, it, I guess I hard crashed the game by me doing nothing but picking up one of these dumb valves. And then I couldn't do anything. My PS5 crashed. Oh, man. But it soft crashed, meaning like I had to turn it off with a power button. You could still go to the main menu. like the No, I couldn't menu. do the main menu. Oh, you couldn't even do that. Oh, I guess wow. it's a hard crash, but it was on screen. So I could see the game. And Just the game totally was locked moving, up, couldn't do anything. But it yeah, locked okay. the whole game. I mean, the whole wow. system. Whole system. Jesus. Uh, well, so, anyways, so there's bugs yeah, in it. The the yeah. level scaling's fucked. I love it. Beautiful. It's like view, visually beautiful. The like destructibility and zombies I've never seen before. It's unmatched. Uh, there's some really interesting story and commentary. But I'm so close to going back to Dying Light oh, Two. Oh man. Okay. So two things. Two things. Yeah. Number one. Um, I think it is now very clear why they did not send us a review code. Because is that it? You think? But I the, definitely but, do. But this is my specific do. problem with it. Like, no, if other like, people don't like enemy scaling, no, because like, listen, we, you know, Game Critics has a reputation. Like, we've been in the video game reviewing business for twenty, wait, twenty, twenty-three years, twenty-three years, which is a long fucking time. We've got hella fucking. We've got thousands of reviews up on Metacritic. We've been around forever. I've been editor for almost the entire time, right? So people know me personally. And like, this is not a humble brag or anything. This is just like a fact where people know, oh, it's Brad and he's not afraid of using numbers one through 10. I do not default to like eight, nine, 10, right? And so people know that. And this is hardly the first time when someone's had a game that might have some problems and they end up not sending a code because they're afraid that I'm going to fucking call it out, right? Now they may, I don't think they were planning on you calling it out, but I think that they think, well, if I give one to GameCritics.com in general, there is a pretty good chance that they will call out my game for being a bad game. Yeah, um, you know, I, so, I guess. But I'm just wondering yeah. how many people are as angry at level scaling as I am because other people are fine with it somehow. I oh, think. I don't think they were. You know, it doesn't sound like that. But like the other issues you called out and stuff. I mean, I, to me, whenever someone doesn't send a code to us, I feel like that is that says a lot right there because. I have a lot of respect for people who send us codes when they know there's issues because they want our honest opinion. And there's a lot of people that do. There's a lot of people that like, like we have a great relationship with and they know I'm not going to give them a nine or a 10, you know, and, and they're okay with that. And that's fine. I respect those people. I love them. But there's definitely people out there who are like, if you're not going to give me an eight, I'm not going to give you a code. Those well, people exist. Okay. And I feel like that's what happened. Here. So that's, might, that's number one. It might happen before you get to number two, but just so I cover my bases because what I want to make sure that, that people understand is this isn't a game that's like half baked and out the door, not, you know, out the door. No, but Visually, you are about on the verge of deleting it. Though. But again, it's based on a very specific problem because if I look at the character development, I've, I've had some interesting characters I met already that are like really fun and I really enjoyed the dialogue and none of the dialogue's cringy. You know, like most of it isn't. 
and like all the character models are like beautiful. Like it's like really cool to look at. And the worlds are so like I was just walking around a movie set and a TV set and I had to like do all these like um, fake rain and, you know, I, I operate like a movie set. There's so many really cool things here. It's not an unfinished game is what I'm going to think. Sure. Sure. I sure. say, okay. Sure. It's a very polished, beautiful, cool world they built. And I think those small biome, oh, biomes, small world maps are cool. I think it works in their favor. The the fighting being difficult at any level and you not feeling stronger is the main problem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I had a... No, that's sure. fine. That's a good yeah. clarification. Good clarification to get. And kind of just tangenting off of that, the other thing I would just like, I would just like to put out to developers, not necessarily specifically to Dead Island 2, but just everybody listening, and I think that maybe you're going to be with me on this one. If you have a choice in how to design your game, I absolutely, like 10 out of 10 times, I will choose, let me level up normally and keep some areas um, off limits because those enemies are too high a level for me and then let me come back when I'm ready as opposed to I can go everywhere and enemies scale up with me all the time. Yeah, I mean, that reminds me almost like the old MMOs, you know, like yeah. you go, okay, that area over there is like for high level players or whatever. Yeah, or Final Fantasy did dragon it. or something, you know not to go there and, and don't come back until you're strong, right? Yeah, Elex 2 just recently did it. Like, yeah. uh, you just get it. You know, you're like, okay, that's, but then at some point you can do that. Exactly, and it feels great when you do. Yeah, that is my that is my that is my word to developers. Don't do the level scaling. Do the whole thing where like you feel like you get stronger. You actually get stronger. Present challenges to me that I can shoot for. Gives me something to work for. Uh, you know, a goal to work towards. And then when you overcome it, it feels great. Like I I really I really dislike level scaling. So I'm with you on that. Dude, I just looked it up. Uh, Bloody Ties is the first story DLC for Dying Light 2. I'm fucking picking oh, it up. Oh, he's back in. He's back in. To I'm Dying back Light in. 2. He's back in. I'm so mad. <laughs> Dying Light 2 is fucking great. I got to get to it. I got to get to it. Again, and we've gone long, but like what they do well that Dead Island does not do at all is that feeling of empowerment because the abilities, the way that you move, traverse the land, the parkour is like untouched right yeah yeah and the fact that you can sail through these this huge open world that is a true open world right where these all these buildings and you just feel like you can go anywhere and you yeah you it's just awesome dude it's a good game okay so dying light is definitely where it's at for zombie games this year that seems like not in question not in question um, yeah all right there we go dead island 2 maybe not the winner that we thought it was going to be that's a bummer oh well all right well there we go folks that is the main content of the show a million games we covered here we just have a couple things before we go i have two things what do you got before we go carlos oh i was watching black summer because it's a zombie show and i was getting myself you know in the mood for dead island Uh, i'll still keep watching because it's good did you watch it yeah I think it's on my list. I've never watched it, though. Yeah, what, what, give me the quick It's rundown. like two seasons. They're short. They're like eight-episode seasons or something. And it's just interesting in the way that they tell the zombie story. It's kind of classic, but it's like it'll do like 15-minute segments following three characters, then 15-minute segment with a title card and everything. Another characters set of characters. Then they meet up, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. okay. And then like episode three, like a few other ones meet up with other ones and people who are mad at each other and trying to kill each other have to work together. It's just kind of like done well, uh, nothing to write home about, but like just produced well, pretty and solid genre, solid. 
Yeah, yeah okay. it's super solid. So like, is it super gross and scary, gory, or like? No, it's more I... like suspense, gross, like suspense, okay. scary. Like, okay, a uh, good ex- good example is like again, what's the scariest things? Other oh, humans, always. Um, but like the the you're having this quiet moment where they it seems to be going well with three people who are strangers and they're in a car. Another car tries to knock them off the road, right? Like, and it's a shock because you don't expect it. It's like boom, another car's there and they're trying to kill them. So like that, and there's zombie stuff too, but like, I don't know, it's just really done well. Um, okay. What I call it, Black Summer, I think. Black is, Summer, yeah. is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. It's on my list. I haven't got to it, but uh, we will probably be in the market for the show pretty soon. So that sounds all right. That sounds it all is. right. It's Black Summer, two seasons. Okay. Um, and of course, I'm, uh, oh, I say of course, but I'm back to Barry. Um, oh, I'm waiting for more episodes. I really want to watch it so bad, but I, I need more episodes to be I out. know. We're opposite. I like the having one oh, a week. Oh, I hate the weekly shit. I hate it. Well, when you have enough content, again, I think it's it's fine for me because I don't want to be... I just have so much shit to watch anyhow. But yeah. anyways, it's fucking great. They released two at a time, by the way. So they did release two... The- uh, as every week, every week, two at a time. No, but for the beginning, just the first. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the, uh, tonight, there's three out, right? So oh, I gotta wait. I, I like it too much. I gotta wait. I can't. <sighs> hey, I can't do this bit by bit. Dude. I gotta take you to task for a second, or at least I'm different. I know, but like, especially with Barry, it's so heavy. I would not want to do more than two at a time. Oh man, I gotta. I gotta. It hurts. Doesn't it hurt you? A little bit, but man, it's such a good hurt though. I love Barry so much. Me and my wife oh, were so, so down. Intense. It's no, it's the same thing. It's like, no, I gotta, I gotta get more. Same thing with Ted Lasso. Like, I really want to watch the last season or the most recent season, but uh, we're waiting for the whole thing to be done because we know we're gonna fucking barrel right through them. And what well, happens is, okay. this happens every time. We 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 start in before the season's over. We watch all of them, and then we we end up with the last episode left, and then we gotta wait like a week for the last episode. That fucking sucks, dude. I get that, and Ted Lasso, I'm all in on what you said, because I binge the shit out of that. Yeah, I love Ted Lasso, man. But this, it's just so, especially this last season, it's so dark, yeah, and so, yeah. like, mentally draining. I don't know how you would want to do that, but anyways, uh, that's it's great. No no, okay. no shit. Oh, I'm sure. I believe it. I believe it. Um, and then, I, I can't talk about this till next week, but I just want to mention that I'm playing a game called Bramble. Yes. Uh, and I have, I have lots of thoughts, um, so I'm excited to talk about that next week. Um, But other than that, I think that's it. All right. Excellent. Um, I want to give a big shout out to hot mustard Doritos. Have you had these food? Yes, it is food. No, I don't know. I, by the way, I hate Doritos. Really? We never talked about that. Yeah. That seasoning, that, that type of flavor. Um, like all the flavors you hate or just one specific, all the flavors. I love spicy. So it's not that. Yeah. Um, but like it actually, and this is a fun tangent. Uh, ch- uh, not Fritos has a chili hot version or whatever. Ugh, I don't like Fritos. Okay, so I like Fritos, but I don't like their chili version because it changes the flavor. Mm. And, it, and 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 it's that pep. I don't know what it is. Something. So, anyways, I I despise a Dorito flavor. Oh, despise. That's weird. I don't. I I do not like Fritos. They're too chunky and thick and gross. I don't. They're like corn. At all. They're just like when you want to have a corn snack. That's why. Oh yeah. I just, yeah. Nah, I don't like them. I do like corn. I'm a big corn fan, but I do not like Fritos. Anyway. Hot mustard Doritos. I do like. I don't like Cool Ranch. That seems to be like everybody's go-to, oh. and I think Cool Ranch is like the worst of the flavors. I just shuddered. Um, I actually prefer the spicy, the spicy hot, um, flaming hot Doritos are real good, and I also like just regular nacho cheese. But I do not like Cool Ranch. Anyway, it doesn't matter because the best flavor and the new flavor is hot mustard. Hot mustard. You think I bought it at a Lark, right? I, I was grocery shopping. I'm like, 
that's gonna be gross i'm gonna try it because it's gonna be gross and i'm just gonna see it was fucking good dude i know if you don't like doritos it's probably not gonna win you over but i will say this is my number one new favorite doritos flavor and i didn't expect it to but it's it's hot it's not too hot but it is got a little bit of heat like you have the hot mustard in a chinese restaurant chinese hot mustard style but it's not super hot and it's not the kind of heat that lingers on your mouth very much it's like it heats up you get a little flash in your mouth you're like ah hot and then it goes away like it's not Mm. you're not suffering for a half an hour afterwards right that's good yeah and it's got kind of a like a light very slight note of like i don't know if i don't want to say vinegar but like maybe like a a citrus kind of a little spark in there so it's kind of bright and um it does not taste like regular doritos i think it's delicious dude i think it's really good so i'm just going to give a shout out if you're not a doritos fan it's not going to win you over but if you do like doritos hot mustard doritos is the shit and i need everybody out there to buy some because what's going to happen is this is going to be my new favorite flavor i'm going to go all in on hot mustard doritos and then they're going to be like well nobody bought it canceled and then i'll be fucked for the rest of my life dude discontinued yeah that's gonna happen i guarantee it hot mustard doritos is the shit though okay also just one tv show and then i'm out of here surreal estate is something that my wife and i just started watching uh this is kind of a it's not a spinoff but it is a related show uh to winona earp which i talked about a while ago me and my wife watched the whole whole season of winona earp and that was a show that had some real ups and downs in some ways it was so bad that i couldn't believe i was watching it but we had to watch it because we liked the characters so much uh and that's that's definitely something to say for a show when the characters are so strong and you like them so much that you keep coming back to terrible script week after week. That's, that's something there. You got to pay attention to that. I like the actors too. And one of the actors on that show, Tim Roson, he played, um, what's his name? Uh, Wyatt Earp on the show. Uh, he got this series on his own. So he is now, this is, there's no connection, right? There's no connection to these shows, but a lot of the same actors are coming over from the Winona show. Like um, him, he played Wyatt Earp. The lady who played Winona guest stars on one episode. One of the ladies who's uh, in this new show was one of the vampire ladies from the other show. So there's a lot of crossover, right? Like if you like Winona, you will probably find a lot to like here. Uh, But basically he plays a real estate agent who specializes in haunted properties. And so he'll go around. He's like this real slick, wearing suits, got the nice hair, works out and everything. But like every house he goes to is like super fucked up and haunted. And he and his team kind of like de-hauntify them so that he can sell them on the market. It's mm. goofy. It's really funny. It's light. It's definitely in the same basket in terms of vibe as Winona was. So don't come to this for like something super serious. It's not super scary. It's not, you know, there's a lot of laughs. There's a lot of goofiness. If you want something that's kind of like, it's just like a nice little treat, you know, it doesn't yeah. stay with you too long, but it's enjoyable. Nice show to relax with. I'm, I'm digging it. It's one whole season is out now. Uh, I think I'm watching on Hulu. It got canceled after one season, but then they brought it back. So it is now, I believe, in the middle of filming season two. So there will be eventually a second season coming out this year. But there is one good season to go into, and I think it's a really fun show. So Check it out. Also, Check it out. we're not done with the show because I know we went long. But um, And by the way, here's my quick plug. I'm restarting my A Lot of Things podcast. Okay. Do you remember that show? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because of these reasons, like we have Before You Go that goes on forever, right? Yes. Um, A lot of us uh, engage with a lot of content all the time. I engage with like all of it. Um, Sure. So I'm going to bring that show back. All right. And so if you want to hear some of these things that Brad and I talk about, and maybe I can have you as a guest someday, I don't know. Sure. Um, You know, that's going to be my place for it. So I'll be able to like bother the baristas less with all my bullshit or (laughs) talk about less things on this show. But anyways, um, 
yeah, so check out that A Lot of Things podcast on any podcast service. Uh, at the time of this recording, it'll be up. And All then right. secondly, because you – more stuff real quick. Two things really quickly. Uh, Auntie Don is one of my favorite sketch groups ever. If you don't oh, know who yeah. they are. I watched some of that. Yeah, I watched Yeah, that. Big Old House of Fun is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Big Old mm-hmm. House of Fun uh, season two just got picked up for ABC iView. Now, let me explain. I don't even know what that is. So it's in Australia. And so ABC in Australia. Oh, Australian broadcast. Yes, company. they picked up their, they're Australian. They picked up their new show, which is out now. And it's fucking brilliant. It's called Auntie Donna's Cafe, Coffee Cafe. It's fucking brilliant. You can watch it free on iView if you're in Australia listening to this podcast. Okay. It's free right now, all of it. Binge it. If you're not, there are other ways to get it. Okay? Oh, dear. And And, and Auntie Donna themselves tell you as much, right? Because they want the world to see it. But right. it is, you know, region locked right now on their iView player um, in ABC in, in Australia. But you can get it other ways. I sure. did. I watched the whole thing. It's nice. fucking genius, but ABC just picked up season two of their next, uh, you know, sh- series. So for Auntie Donna's Big Whole House of Fun. Excellent. Anyways, I'm just saying go find out Auntie Donna's ca- Coffee Cafe. Watch it. And then lastly, Fired on Mars is fucking brilliant. It's super dark. It's Fired on HBO. Fired on Mars? Fired on Mars. It's on HBO. Uh, it's a cartoon animated series. There's only two episodes out right now, which I know you hate. But it's based on a 2016 film, which is an indie film, an animation film. It's got Tim Heidecker in it, who I love. It's got Luke Wilson as the main voice of the actor. Uh, it's just about a guy who's like down on his luck all the time. Mm-hmm. And he's on Mars, and he gets fired. And he, he, he went to Mars to have the job, right? Oh, man. Okay. So he's like stuck. And then everything bad that could happen happens to him. And for some reason, it's... Totally watchable. Hmm. I oh, cannot I stop this loving this show. It's so fucking dark. Is it pretty adult or is it like family? No, it's family, adult? but it's just dark. It's like super okay. sad. All right. Um, cool. Fired on Mars. I can't stress how much it's good and, and broken and awesome. holy long podcast all right we got recommendations for food we got recommendations for games we got recommendations for tv this is your one-stop shop folks but now the shop is closed and this is a show as always we'd love to get your questions and comments hit us up so video games podcast at gmail.com we're on twitter at so video games for now as long as it still functions i guess we're on instagram at so video games podcast you can also hit us up individually carlos where are we directing your traffic this week so along the lines of that podcast a lot of things podcast obviously everywhere but also carlos Rodella, uh youtube.com slash carlos Rodella. that's my youtube channel the a lot of things stuff uh, will start showing up there and then on tiktok uh a lot of things podcast is on tiktok right on right on as for me uh, i am the same handle across all spectrum of social media it's my name B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. Uh, all A's, no O's. You know, we're talking Instagram, Twitter, co-host, spoutable, whatever. I'm on all those things. Uh, some more, some less, but you can find me. And with that, that's going to do it for episode 333. Thank you all again for joining us here on the Soviet Games podcast. And we'll see you next week. We will see you next week.